0: Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. They've been with us since the very beginning. If you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Today's episode is also brought to you by planbsales.com and CircleBDiecast.com. If you're looking for any diecasts or any other NASCAR memorabilia, be sure to check them out. Use promo code BFP123 for free shipping on orders over $20.
1: Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week, fuck! I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only
2: girls pull hair. So, he forgets it if they changed the rules and took the champions right. provisional away. He wouldn't have been able to race the last two years. So, uh... occasional alcohol consumption. Jimmy
0: Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader.
1: And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you asked me stupid questions. This right. week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some. Now we beat him so it's all good all right boys and girls uh, as always i am charlie sanborn at c sanborn iii you are bradley saucer at bsauce 96 and together we are at black Flag pod on all things social media uh, this is going to be episode 147 of the black flag podcast so before we get f- too far into it make sure you head on over to youtube make sure you head on over to the patreon app look up black flag podcast uh subscribe rate review anywhere that you can we're all over the place uh, but episode 147, 47, that's... Uh, Dick Stenhouse, Ryan yeah. Priest. Yeah. Jeremy DeCorsi was a 47 in that. He was. Bang banger. He was. Uh, Brian Caswell. Mm-hmm. Kelly Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, yeah. That'll make sense here later on. Bailey Curry. Bailey Maybe Curry, yeah. His... Or was he a 74 i think that they were kind of a, yeah, i think he's run both of them they kind of they yeah. kind of whore the cars out a little bit yeah everybody yeah. just jumps in 47. um jacob perry yep uh yep
0: gabe brown gabe brown yeah uh, I, he ran 18 different numbers this yeah that's year, true so yeah i, I don't kind think I don't about he that, knows what number yeah, 47
1: yep Hmm. All right. So, uh this is a good show. This is post Christmas. Uh we uh I'm not a big Christmas guy. You're the you're typically the one that likes Christmas more than me. Uh you got lights up here. We've got quite the setup going on down here now. Um I feel like this year was a little bit more low key. D- the 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 day of Christmas itself, I should say.
0: Yeah, I don't I I, I love the idea of Christmas is just what I live for, mm-hmm. um because I I still wish I was a kid um like i was telling my dad i'm like yeah it. i just it's like christmas is supposed to be exciting it's supposed to be something you look forward to the magic um, of it yeah the, like the mystery of it, like i going to bed the night before christmas was always a huge struggle just couldn't <laughs> because like when is freaking santa gonna come down the chimney that we don't have i feel like it's just the way like, to when is he gonna kids come to go to bed when is he gonna come through the front door and so like i i don't know i i guess i you, you miss being excited. I miss yeah. I miss like you miss being excited. Yeah, like I went to bed. Like I fell fell asleep perfectly. I did not lose not one second of sleep on uh, on Christmas Eve. Didn't didn't hear fucking Rudolph on the on the roof I'm or hoping, anything. Hoping Just, that a
1: stranger is going to come crashing through the roof. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, like what as a, as a parent. So like I look back on Christmas and think about my like what I used to tell my parents. Mm-hmm. And I remember very vividly being like, oh, yeah, freaking neighbor's house. Dude, they, free. I saw
1: Rudolph on top of their house. Like, what kind of fucking drugs do the parents <laughs> think that the kids are on? <laughs> the thing that I don't understand is that how. So, so again, we, we we've all woke, woken up to a Christmas morning. Right. How did we never put two and two together that Santa always had the same wrapping paper as our parents? Um, I think that it was partially because we thought that we were seeing r- reindeer on our
0: neighbor's well, roof um, yeah.
1: and just a whole other imaginary. You, w- you always heard something rumbling around on the roof and yeah. it's very much just a tree crashing through or something like that or. Yeah, I think it, it more goes towards the being excited, having something to look forward to. Yeah, as a, as a child, you know it's exciting. You know, you're, there's presents. There's, you know, you know you're going to wake up and there's magically going to be more presents under the tree because your your parents just hid them from you. Uh, which again, that's another issue. That's a that's a it's a trust issue at that point. <laughs> it's how you build trust. Well, Now issues. you're reading too much into <laughs> it. <Now> I- <laughs> He wants to go on to believe in something. You, know? no, you, you, you need something to believe in. Yeah. And you know, there's, and then you find it, out that it's all a hoax. You're like, wow, that fucking sucks. i are mean, like, you of course it was. What an <laughs> idiot. What an, what an absolute idiot. That Easter bunny, a, though. A he's buff- a crafty little bastard. A buffoon. Yeah. Well, only a buffoon would believe that. And, you know, it's just. But also, like, how did, only how a buffoon did it not would listen terrify us? CDC. How does that not terrify children? There's a stranger coming into your house, and he's probably going to leave your presence. When you're also preached at the same time, don't talk to strangers. Don't. Take candy from strangers, but you're gonna feed cookies to this one, and he's gonna leave you presents. Yeah, he needs like a salad or something. Yeah, he's a big boy. How would how did we
0: how did we believe that he could fit down the chimney? Have you seen his chimney? Magic, bro. Have you seen a chimney? Have I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a friggin' t- a tiny. No. I wouldn't fit through a chimney.
1: I don't think I would either. I don't know.
0: Never mind. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I'm about to get, I'm about to have another grind in my gears if we keep talking about this. But yeah. no, uh, no, I just uh, Christmas. Christmas was always fun. I, I love like it. The like I said, the idea is great, but the amount of fucking mimosas that you see being made and screwdrivers. Oh look at us, we're all wearing our frigging matching PJs, dude. Oh look at us, we're happy, we love each other, it's awesome. Right. Yeah, shut the fuck up. All right. I was just excited. I got
1: to sleep in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that, that. to me it's just like a, I didn't.
0: I didn't even really get to sleep in, but I, I just I look forward to. I don't know. I, 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 I aspire to be one of the families that you know the the kids, the yeah. the, the the adults, the cousins, the aunts, the frigging grandparents, the dog. They're all wearing the same thing. They're all somehow. You sitting want in front that? Of the tr- yeah, yeah. I. Did, you want that picture? Just huh? because that's it's like the white picket fence of having a family. Right. Yeah. Bradley wants a family. I've, al- I've, just, I've always wanted a family. What do you think? I still like Christmas because mm-hmm. I have that, that fairy tale in my head that, oh, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be someone's favorite person tomorrow.
1: Hmm. But you're not. I like that. Well, I'm, I'm not. Well, I'm not. I'm not. To, well, you're not. Oh. I got your present. You did. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: and, and, and I was driving home on Christmas Day. Like, Christmas, ever since I started working in the post office, too, it's like Christmas comes and goes. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Christmas was yesterday. Right. Like, that's, that's very much how it goes, and I bought most of my presents on Christmas Eve. Oh, my God, um, same. I think and, all of them,
1: 100% of mine I bought. Like, I Eve. I
0: went into, um, what's that place in the mall that everyone gets there? Like gets the, like, like a, I the, I, know that the Golden Girls T-shirt is from the, that place. Newberry that Comics. That one. So I walked into that place, and the line was so long that I started to get clammy, and I turned around and walked right back out. Really? Yeah, hmm. I don't. I'd, Spencer's pulled through very hard for me. Ah, see, i I forgot Spencer sells things other than... Feminine. Dildos. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to use the politically correct term, nah. but, you know... Fuck it. Just. Literally. <laughs> <clears throat> We're going to have to... We should... There's a... Yep. Yep. well I was gonna say I uh, I was trying to watch my language around our guest and right. then we we've rattled off five minutes in 45 different cuss words so yep. I guess that
1: we're just we're back to well, we didn't. I mean we I, didn't with <laughs> him I feel no we didn't but then also, I can't wait for his parents to hear the beginning of this though but That's just listening
0: idiotics. yeah but listening like back through our intro I mean they yeah to have known they, they, I was listening to our intro Kyle he, Bush has 18 times he, as
1: well he listens to it so well, I mean his parents let him listen to us to begin with. True. So I mean, they must they
0: must know, right? Yeah, I mean, he knew us well enough that. Well, actually, no. We'll just we'll let he you, knew us you well can,
1: enough for him can. asking us questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Which was cool. It. So that being said, going into this later into this uh, this show here, we we got to catch up with uh, Judson O'Neill. Judson, he's a 14 year old kid. He's from, I believe, Florida. Uh, he very much is kind of just doing what we're doing. Uh, he's just doing it at half of our age. Uh, he goes around to racetracks down south. He interviews drivers. He very much tries to embody himself into the, the motorsports world. And he brings his little brother along, which is really cool. His little brother is his cameraman. Not quite the talker, I guess. Didn't didn't want to be a part of the interview. That's okay. Uh, it's Judson's Racing Network. Um, very cool. Very surprised me. Yeah. For a 14-year-old kid, he, he surprised me.
0: Yeah, and how he said that he got his start, you know, just emailing people
1: after, like, one of the first times we went to the racetrack. I was like, I couldn't even... 14 years old, goes to Talladega and just starts firing off emails to race car drivers. Dude, when I was 14, I was making... His balls are massive. I was making tech deck montage videos for YouTube. 14? I don't even know what I was doing. Yeah. I was still racing go-karts, I think. No, I I wasn't doing that, but... No, it's
0: just... I've never... He was... Well, he's more passionate than I was at that age, but I was... Equally as passionate about it, it's just I never had the balls, I guess, to go and, and talk to these people, talk to strangers, you know, reach out, email people, never even thought about that. Man. Like, I, as, a, as a kid, I wanted to be an announcer in the worst way. Like, I would sit in front of the TV and watch VHS tapes over and over again and announce. Well, then I, I developed crippling anxiety, and that went right down the chute so now we do a podcast where we very much sit behind microphones and I can edit out if I just right. go just go full mute <laughs> <laughs> There's is is another reason why I'm the one that edits all these shows is that, you know, just if if I flatline for, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes, I can cut that all out. Yeah. Which has
1: been done. There, there's been what a couple has times. It it, it's
0: probably only like twice in 147 shows that we've just been like talking and just like just either silence or just like rambling about something completely different, like full on head trauma.
1: Yeah, I was going to say there was I think there was one time back in Westbrook when we first started this afterwards we're just like what the fuck was that <laughs> we had to take out like 12 minutes of the show because <laughs> yeah. it was just like nonsense didn't even make sense yeah which it doesn't make sense now either but we can at least string a sentence along which good for us well it's well, progress yeah it's progress
0: no it's good it, but yeah just it it, it speaks character i mean it speaks volumes speaks about characters his, about our volume it, it speaks <laughs> characters about judson's volume oh my god can you say that well, I, he's fourteen. Okay. Well, I started saying it correctly, and then, well, I started saying it incorrectly. You fully went incorrect, and then I figured that I had to finish off incorrectly before I went back to do it the right way. does That happen
1: to you often? Speaking finishing incorrectly
0: speaks volumes about his character.
1: You didn't answer the question. Well, but, do you often finish incorrectly? There, there is volumes to my character as well. <laughs> is this that weird pause that we're gonna have to cut out now no we're not cutting anything out <laughs> okay, <no. perfect. laughs> I'm a, I, have, I have
0: yellowstone to watch after this i'm uploading it the way that she goes
1: <laughs> oh, that's the way she goes bubs yeah oh fuck so nothing really pissed you ah, off this, this week fudge oh my god yeah. yeah yeah i gotta grind my gears yeah yeah you gotta grind your gears yeah so we, Presented so we, by Williams Race Gears. So this week's Grind My Gears is brought to you by Williams Race Gears, where you get NASCAR-quality gears and transmissions new or rebuilt right here in New England. The only gears that should be grinding are in this segment. Get your shift together. Choose Williams Race Gears. Okay. So we're getting into the <laughs> time. Like, I've been, I've been on a
0: pretty not – well, I would say a fairly intense workout r- regimen for mm-hmm. a couple, two, three months now. And I haven't stopped my intake of alcohol or food so that you haven't seen any results except for Greg said I looked big the other day um, and he was talking about my arms. So that being said, I know what, you know, when when it's usually busy at the gym, I know when just about the right time to get there where I can kind of, you know, I I see the regulars every single day. Um, I showed up to the gym two days ago, three days, four days, the day before Christmas Eve, I guess, or Christmas. No, it was Christmas Eve. The day before Christmas Eve, there was some dude. Um, but it, it was like he was trying to break dance. But he was doing so when I walked in, he was doing push-ups, like handstand push-ups, and I'm like, that is the hardest of hardo moves I've ever seen. <laughs> and and I'm so everybody
1: can see what he's doing.
0: Oh my god, yeah, he's in the middle of the floor. Like people have to walk around him.
1: But and, handstand push-ups yeah in the middle of the floor middle of the floor like so right every- as you, you you
0: literally walk up the stairs you take a right you take another right and you're in like this big open area he is five feet from the entrance to this big area so everyone that's walking in is now like what the hell are you doing so he's doing this and then he like he was grabbing i i, I can't he, he had a gopro
1: charlie he had, Stop. he had a gopro <laughs> He had a guy, like, and, and I don't know what he... Was it, on like, on him, or was it pointed at him? It
0: was pointed at him. He had the tripod and everything. He, was set, he would set it up in the, like... The, now he's in the middle of the machines, like, setting the GoPro up. So people are, like, stepping around it and over it. And See, n- now I make Now he's going back, like, he's he went from doing handstand push-ups, which I feel like are pretty difficult, and you should just... Then he went to the wall push-ups, where his feet are against the wall, and, and uh, I don't know who he was showing the video to. But it like the handstand pushups were somewhat impressive, but you're the the GoPro the view is like your head and like maybe a little bit of your shoulders. Like you can't see the whole. The so I don't understand it. I just, but it, it ooh it irked the hell out of me because every random person that was walking into the gym was now on video, and the Planet Fitness employees kept walking by. And right above this feller's head is the lunk alarm, and I don't know if you know what that means, but if you're basically being a hardo, they set an alarm off. And I have never, I've been to a Planet Fitness a thousand times and I've never seen any more harder move than doing handstand pushups in the middle of the floor. This is an
1: alarm to call you out on being a fucking idiot. With a GoPro. What do you like? So I I guess my question is, handstand pushups, fine. That's okay. Like do do your thing, right? Sure. Not a problem. Did he have to go to Planet Fitness in the middle of the floor to do it? No, there's there's quite literally floor uh, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Like he could have done sure. it like in his driveway, right?
0: And it would have it, it almost was like, Yeah, planet fitness is the Walmart of gyms, but if you were doing handstand push ups in a Walmart, everyone would walk by and be like, Yep,
1: that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you're at a gym that has equipment and you're just on you're just do- you're just using your you body can, weight, yeah. which you can do quite literally in your living room, I assume, right? Mm-hmm, hmm Yeah. But he, he made a point to make sure everybody saw what he was doing. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy.
0: And, like, he, he... To the point where in front of the whole weight, there's, like, six or seven benches, and he put the GoPro, like, up on the weight and then do all of his sets with the free weights with, like...
1: Was like, he screaming while he was doing it, too?
0: He had it shooting behind him, actually. Mm. While, like, on him while he was looking at himself in the mirror. And I just cannot... He sounds like the guy that would stress. jerk off to his own video it, of him doing a workout. That's... Mm-hmm. Yeah? That, that's the only... I don't know... Yeah, <laughs> i i i i i was speechless. Mm. I was speechless.
1: Were, were you able to perform your duties while this guy was doing his thing, or were you just sitting there flabbergasted and no, getting I more and more angry?
0: I didn't really. I didn't jerk off. Oh. No,
1: well, well, that speaks volumes about your volume and how you finishing correctly or whatever. So, right. so what is your so grinds my, my, gears? My, <laughs> <laughs> my grinds my gears. So I, I very much work with the general public. That can be very hard at times, right? So one thing that I that irritates the ever-loving shit about me or uh, to me is that it, I don't know if it's me or if I just look too far into it, but social, certain social cues from people fucking make me want to just strike them right in the face. So I, 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 I stand at a desk, right, and I, I have to introduce myself and, and check people in. Right, It seems fairly straightforward. Now I I work in an auto repair facility and one thing that drives me absolutely fucking nuts, grinds my gears if you will, people come in and what's the first thing that you would do if you walk up to a desk? I don't know, say like your name, right? Yeah. Well, all too often people come in and they just throw their keys at me and they slide across the desk and bump right into me. And they're like, here for a nine o'clock. I'm like, okay, do you, do you do you have a name or we just am I supposed to pretend like I know what the fuck is going on? And they like Gronk spike it. Another thing that really pisses me off. They'll do the same thing and they'll wait sometimes until after the fact to let me know. Like I'll, I'll get them all cashed out, ready to go. Like, here's your paperwork, here's your receipt. Oh, I had a coupon. Okay, so you waited until after you paid for your goods and services. Mm. To tell me you had a coupon. Well, they just they, you should have known. But not but now they had a coupon. But now I have to completely redo everything um and give them a refund and then explain to them that they're not going to get their money back in like 5 to 7 business days. And then they're mad at me. Yeah. When th- it's like you you're the you came here with full intentions of using this and you waited until after you paid and this is my fault. Hmm. yeah the social cues thing is is interesting because
0: yeah, yeah every once in a while like I, I don't the thoughts that go through my head when i'm in public are just oh my um, God. unbelievable um most of the time it's who
1: who raised you yeah like who like yeah i i have never once gone to like i don't know the doctors and just whip my balls out and be like here i'm here for 10 o'clock y- like yeah. like what no like
0: hey how you doing yeah. uh
1: my name's brad
2: yeah, name, yeah, like, like <laughs> yeah,
0: anything. Uh, just you could walk in and in and, and bark. I feel like it's 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 less weird than
1: nine a.m. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you, the fucking grandfather clock? Yeah. and they'll wait till they're like two steps away from the test, too, and they're just like they like sling the keys at me. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Like, am I am I the key rack? Like, am I are we at your home? Or are you just slinging your shit out? All- like, what? Why did that make sense for you to do that? Yeah, and I I can't I obviously can't have that conversation with them, but I want to be like, who the fuck told you that that was okay to do to people? Like yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no. Huh. And like, do you go to Walmart, pay for all your shit, get to the parking lot, and be ah oh, fuck? I had a coupon, got to go back. It's like, no, what? No, no. I, no that's when you, you it's any any reasonable human would be like, well, chalk that up as a loss. Yeah, or like come back next time and use it, like. Yeah, like you're, I promise you'll need an oil change again at some point, but like, blows my fucking mind. I yeah, I don't,
0: I don't. No, I it's I and can't. It's, it's, a, every it's a topic that we could just have a podcast on humans in public uh, because it's just in, oh
1: my god, another thing. The, I'm, the f- I'm getting sweaty. The phone will go off too, right? No. Yeah. All right, uh, you know I, I'm like two weeks out. Oh, you don't have anything sooner? I'm two weeks out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if I did, I would have said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you. so, like, all right, you do it. All right, yeah, well, we're booking out to the fifth or something like that. Okay, fine. And then you you do it. And really? You have nothing sooner than that? It's like. N- the earliest I oh can do God. is the fifth. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you have sooner? <laughs> Excuse you? <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about? Like, come, come again? Yeah, I would have said that if, like like do i look that dumb we're yeah. like I, I well well okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're like i i wouldn't tell you like oh no come in like tomorrow yeah or like yeah mm-hmm. and or like i'll give them the options like hey if if you leave it with me you know i'll, I'll try to get it Oh, well i can't leave it okay well then we're we're like a week out well oh, i can't do that well, i'm trying to work with you here i don't know I don't yeah. like i'm
0: I don't understand where those yeah. people came from because if you've worked customer service or, like, with the public at all, you, you just kind of... I don't know. Even with, like, family or, like, you know, close friends, whatever, when we go through the drive through if anyone's, like, any sort of rude, it irks me. Oh, my God. I get pissed because I'm, like, I've never worked fast food, and I can only imagine, like, I, I would there's a reason why i haven't worked fast forward. right right <laughs> like th- those people are getting paid well now they're getting paid you know more than more i than us, do but, yeah. <laughs> but but like the people that they have to deal with like uh, five what <laughs> biggie huh <laughs> yeah, like, dude the, the, that's the people dude, the amount of times i've gone to a taco bell kfc combo deal and seen a 2004 Dodge Grand Caravan roll up with 18 people in it getting everything on the KFC menu. Yeah, there's a reason why I'm, I'm very, I'm overly nice to. It's like their customer service voice. Yeah. Hey, would you, what would you like? Oh, let me just, uh, give, me, give me one second. All right. Yeah, yeah let me just, let me just gander at your menu real quick. All right. Yeah, no, I'm good to go now. I'll take three <laughs> McDoubles and a McChicken. I knew what I was going to get from the start, but I felt like you needed a break. It goes a long way. It's just courtesy. It's, yeah. you know, you, you talk like you, I don't know, it's like you're talking to your, your grandparents. One of my something.
1: favorite quotes that's ever come out of Bobby Timmons' mouth, it costs $0 to not be an asshole. Yeah. It's literally free. Yeah. And some people choose to just be a fucking, granted we are dickheads from time to time, but like usually we're harmless. Yeah. yeah. We're not out to fucking make someone miserable. Yeah, we're like. We're dickheads in a completely different way yeah. than the general public. Like, yeah.
0: never once have, have we gone to, like, a you know a Chili's and, like, I don't know, shit on the counter or something. <laughs> like, like, like walked in and, yeah, like, sent, act like you owned the place. Except like, I mean, the
1: salad back because they made it with their hands at the salad bar. Like, it's I, like no, wait, I'm wait, not. What do you mean? I'm like,
0: not certain that the waitress at the Epping Applebee's was thrilled that she had to take the BFP sticker off the wall, but it wasn't there for long.
1: <laughs> There's no way that it was stuck there. Maybe that was a poor example.
0: Well, there <laughs> wasn't. We. We were
1: we owe her a tip, apparently still. Apparently we owe her the whole
0: thing, but she they never reached out and they knew who we were. Yeah, and they I knew don't who think, we were. And, and we very
1: much made a PSA,
0: and about it. we don't know if we owed them a tip or not. That's fair. We have talked to the people that were handling our finances um, <laughs> at the time, and they said that they left a tip. So, we'll you know, it all comes out in the wash, and you know, the statute limitations are up after we get past three more days. Yes. So. You know, well, and maybe we'll end up at Epping Applebee's. You know, in the next couple days, and we'll uh, we'll make we'll make things right. Mm. Yeah, so we do have to go to the New Hampshire God. border at some point.
1: It basically it just boils down to people are garbage. Yep, humans are garbage. Humans are
0: <laughs> dogs garbage. are dogs are great. Um, even like two or three cats I've met yeah. are pretty all right. Um, yeah. None that currently live here, but one that did before. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you get it. Uh, yeah, my, my aunt's cat, great. Great cat, great kitty. Emmy, um, Emmy was great. Yeah. Emmy was great. Yeah. Callie,
1: she's <laughs> mm-hmm. a cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> she is a feline. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, um, that was, I think that uh, the, the episode, the uh, interview that we have coming up here was something that took us a little bit by, not surprised, but it, it flowed a lot better than I thought it was going yeah. to. Yeah. Judson, um,
1: Judson O'Neill. Again, he very, very mature, 14 uh, year old, very well put together, very professional. However, uh, we made it our priority, I think, to let him know it's okay to be a 14 year old kid from time to time. Yeah, um, you know, we very much we, we get engrossed in what we do. Sometimes we get cunty. Sometimes we get maybe a little bit too 14 year old. Uh, there is a fine line. There's a balance somewhere. And uh, we'll find it one day. Yeah, hopefully not soon. But um. <clears throat> I,
0: I will. I will say that um, for the Patreon pals that that have noticed already, um, their YouTube only lets us up. Uh, lets us allows us. Lets us either either works. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you combine the two, you get a lets us allows al- <laughs> a lets us, <laughs> which is what I said before. I It Who's talking. a lets us? <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Um, only lets us upload 15 minutes so i had to because really? yeah because we're not verified uh, um, so how do we do that uh we probably have to get a lot more followers and a lot more viewers and or subscribers you get it yeah. um so but,
1: basically f- subscribe to us on youtube
0: so what i was saying was the the patreon pals got their first video episode clip Montage segment. Um, we will upload a couple of them. I know that. So they got 15 minutes of Max McLaughlin. Uh, I cut it up in very timely fashion because v- editing video takes um, forever, pretty long. Yeah. So uh, there, there's a couple more Max videos that I'm sure will come out. Uh, there's obviously we could do it like segments, couldn't we? We part do a one, lot of, part two, part three. Yeah, we do a lot of. Uh, well, we'll do like we'll do a best of to start with and just you know clip it and uh, and yeah, it'll be over there for the pals. Um, from from here on out, we might end up. Doing video episodes, mm. but I guess with 15 minutes, I don't know how that's going to work. But um, regardless, there's uh, that the Max McLaughlin one is up right now, and uh, there's a uh, a whole bunch still on my laptop. A Couple that I have downloaded and I've started to piece uh, pick away at. So those will uh, those will be up on the Patreon soon. So that is uh the that is extra content that will be coming to the pals, so that you can uh, you can watch with us as well as as uh, listen obviously to the podcast, and that uh the the videos will be. Just listed on Patreon. So that's an exclusive for all the Patreons there, our Patreon pals there. And uh, on top of that, we are running a uh, pre order on our website right now, blackflagpodcast.com, And uh, all the pre order stuff, well, we'll be placing the order on Friday when um, I know I will be going to the graphics scoop for the Christmas party, which is conveniently on New Year's Eve uh, after Christmas. And um, we'll be giving them the order. And 20% of everything that we raise will go to Stand Up to Cancer in Jeremy's name, in memory of Jeremy. And, um, yeah. So if you've been waiting on ordering some merchandise, head over to the website in, uh, and order it now. The, uh, the beanies... Uh, we we don't have an option on the website that to either choose pom pom or uh, no pom, but just uh, figure out a way to message us if you want a pom pom beanie. If it's that dire, we also can do different colors of beanies, um, all the colors. So we do we listed the alternate logo on the website, which is the uh, the BFP that you're you're going to be seeing on your media player right now. Um, that that logo and uh, the the those i think uh i think that those will get more popular when more people see them because we ordered a couple a handful for our gaggle um i know uh margaret got a a blue one and uh cassidy ended up seeing one and uh, seeing that and ordered one um you can get your own color i think that we have rain we have the rainbow we stand with dan ones up there we have white green red blue yellow whatever um so you can make it your own you know obviously get one for your you know if your race car is black and red mm-hmm there you go. Yep. So you know you can kind of customize it. We can do the same thing with hats as well. We don't have the pull down um, on the on the hats, but just if if you want to, if, you, if your heart desires a red beanie, shoot us a message, then yep. we can get you a red. I'm beanie. Sure.
1: What we'll can make it happen?
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, that's a little bit what we got going on. Also, uh, I believe promo code pickup waves the ten dollars. Uh, fee for shipping. If uh, you you are going to be able to be around the compound at any time, or will be at any of the races um, events that we will be coming have coming up, which is not many. Um, the
1: it is very much December.
0: Yeah, the Groveton Snow Enduro is probably the next racetrack that I will be at, and then the weekend after that is Atlantic City, and mm. then uh, a very much needed off weekend between
1: Atlantic City and Speedweeks. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, that
0: yeah. was that was the housekeeping. Yeah.
1: So this has been episode 147. Uh, again, look forward to learning about who Judson O'Neill is, what he's all about, and uh, hopefully we get to meet up with him, bring him to some racetracks around uh, the north here, and then maybe we'll meet up with him down south, and he can show us around a little bit. But uh, yeah. And
0: and uh, and, uh, and and next week, I'm uh, pretty pretty excited for next week. Uh, got some news that will drop, maybe when the show comes out, maybe before, but. Pretty excited and charlie's giving me the the head nod like a dog that's kind of confused <laughs> at what they just heard so you know he knows i guess as much as y'all do yeah. but uh yeah we'll uh we'll we'll be back obviously next week and uh here is our good pal judson O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right so uh as we just introduced uh this is a kid who uh he puts the work down he goes to the same place as we do uh we do cross paths uh, i i feel like a few times and we Exchanged information at the uh, the first snowball derby that we took part in uh, two years ago in 2020. Uh, I finally utilized that today. And now, on the other side of the Zoom call, we got Judson O'Neill. What's up, Paul?
2: Man, I've been so excited to uh, join this. I know you messaged me today. I'm like, oh, dang, they finally invited me. I've been waiting for this. So, um, <laughs> uh, but I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, so yeah, today's been good. Uh, I guess. I finished building this little like V8 engine kit thing where it's like a just this little model of it. So now I know everything about cars. So I know Charlie, you race a little bit, so you should let me uh, build your next race car for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you all the tools, and I'll just drive it. How about that?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fine.
1: So, so going off of that, man, I mean, you, you got this cool little network, Judson's Racing Network, and you know, uh, you know, we see you all over the place. So you know, what, what initially gets you started? You know, why, why do you like racing so much? Why are you at the racetrack?
2: Well, you know, uh, the first race that I went to was t- Talladega in like 2017 or something. My dad was always an NASCAR fan and then I just got hooked on it immediately. And I started going to a lot of late mall races and everybody around the short track community is just really down to earth and really nice and person and they're, they're, uh, really personable. And, You know, I just love the community and everybody's so nice. You know, there's not any other sport in the world like uh, stock car racing, you know, where you can just go up and talk to all of them and just have a good time and everything. And it's a great fan experience and everything. So, uh, you know, it just turned me on to racing and it's been uh, awesome and just the community and everything. And, uh, yeah, it's just an awesome community to be a part of.
1: So, so previously no family experience at racetracks. No, nobody was a driver. Nobody was bringing you to the track. It's just something that you decided you want to do and you, you ended up enjoying it.
2: Yeah. So my dad had been a big Dale junior fan for a while. I mean, since like nineties, like thousands of years ago. And, uh, he, uh, he brought me to a race at Talladega cause he always goes to Talladega every year and, uh, or, or Bristol or one of those. And, uh, he brought me to Talladega uh, and with my brothers and my young or my younger brother Keelan and I both like got hooked on it instantly and I just like fell in love with it then. So my dad had kind of been a race car fan before then, but just NASCAR, not like short tracks or anything. I just started getting into all that by myself. Going back on when, uh, Charlie said our paths crossed. I don't think that we actually exchanged numbers at the
0: snowball Derby. I think it was at speed Week. Was it? Yeah. At okay. new Smyrna. I remember being over there by Andy Sice and seeing you walking around and, and uh, recognizing you. But I will say that our paths somewhat did cross at New- at uh, Five Flags, the Snowball Derby last year, and I didn't make this connection until very recently. Uh, I remember walking around after we grabbed a couple corn dogs uh, in the infield there, and I believe it was either you or your mother or both of you commented on my mullet and how much you liked it. And we never never – communicated between then and speed weeks but then we finally got to meet you and uh, you were a little bit more recognizable the second time around because we'd seen some of your work so uh we finally finally get you on it's uh you know it's something we've been wanting to do for a while so glad to have you pal
2: yeah well i i mean any anytime i see a really good mullet i like to say compliment make sure everybody knows that it's an excellent mullet i've been thinking about getting one myself but i don't know i've got i've got a good look going on. i don't know if i want to risk it at all i know mullets are cool i don't know if i'm cool enough to have one though so i was
1: gonna say you got some pretty good lettuce there anyway by yourself it, it, you know it's uh you and your brother are very very recognizable at the racetrack you're hard to miss yeah. so, uh how, how involved is he in this and you know how old are you guys anyway like you're, you're obviously not you know doing the same things we are always are at a racetrack but you know how old are you guys
2: I'm 14 and my brother is 12 and he is like my cameraman and everything. Everybody knows us as a pair. That's why usually the only time when people don't see us two together is if I'm doing like a Zoom call. He usually sits in here with me, but he doesn't talk most of the time. So he doesn't want to sit in here for an hour and a half doing nothing, staring (laughs) at the ceiling. So, but yeah, we, everybody knows us as a pair and everything. We, it's my usually my mom, brother, and I were wearing, you know, light gray shirts when everybody's wearing like dark race team shirts and we had got long hair. So then we're like half, half as tall as everybody around there. So, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to miss us. But, uh, yeah, what? he's, he's real involved in it. He goes everywhere with me and he's like without him, he's, he's my cameraman, So, you know, I wouldn't be able to go and interview or any drivers or you wouldn't be able to see my face without him.
1: Well, I was going to say that, that that's kind of what, you know, what we're all about too. you know, what we want to do is incorporate as many people as humanly possible. We don't care how old you are, how big you are, how small you are, what color you are, anything like that. We just want as many people at the racetrack as possible. So I think the first time that we saw you were like, what's that all about? You you piqued our interest and, you know, uh, you know, kind of led us to where we are today, but you know, having, having JRN Judson's racing network, tell us about that, like what your goal is and what you're trying to do with it. You know, what you and your brother are doing at these racetracks
2: yeah so it kind of started a couple years ago almost like three years ago and one day I was just like you know what I'm just gonna like email some race teams or whatever I don't I don't even remember like why or how I started but I was just like started just doing some phone calls with some drivers and people and posting them on YouTube I mean it wasn't like I like blew up or anything that's not why I just posted them on there and did that. And then I started making a lot of connections around the racetrack. I was more looking at NASCAR at first. And then I started attending a lot of late mall races down South. And then like ever since last year, we've just been hooked on late short track racing, late malls. And we've been uh, going to most of those places. And uh, then we started traveling a whole bunch last year. We made all the, almost all the Southern super series races this year, other than a couple like uh, in like the Carolinas or whatever. Um, and and some other pretty notable, uh, races like, uh, Winchester and, uh, Nashville and everything. And, uh, yeah, then we just started traveling a bunch and, you know, being more involved in the short track community and made tons of connections with everybody. And I've done a lot of work for different people like Dirty Mo Media. I've been on, involved with Speed 51 stuff and, uh, some other people. And, uh, yeah, we, we, our future vision is uh, we, I want to be a NASCAR reporter one day. I mean, I love short track racing. That's where it's at. But, you know, NASCAR's where all the, you know, that's where all TV and, you know, money is at. So I'm pursuing a career in that. And, uh, but yeah, I love short track racing. Basically, as long as I can be anywhere around racing, like talking about it or talking to people in a race car, that's fine with me.
1: So have you ever had any interest in actually driving yourself?
2: Well, it'd be awesome to but there's two reasons why first of all it's like super expensive and i've got a good career going for me in this i made some connections you know i think that i've uh, i've got it going for myself right now in this uh, reporting stuff and um so driving i don't want to mess up my holding with that and it's way too expensive you know if i wanted to go in, i don't think i could get anything above a little bomber race car at at uh my short track or anything and I don't know. I don't know enough about cars where I can go out and wreck it and fix the entire thing again. So, you know, once maybe once I learn a little bit about cars and start making my own money, then, yeah, uh, maybe I'll I'll do it a little bit. But I don't think I'm ever I don't ever see myself in a race car.
0: Uh, You're uh, obviously doing pretty good for being 14. I don't even know that I could (laughs) send an email at 14. And and, uh, in 2017, you said that was when you went to Talladega for the first time. Yeah, that was my first race. And, f- and you said you've been
2: doing this for three years. I mean, geez, you jumped right in. Yeah, I, I – as soon as I went to Talladega, I started, like, researching everything. My dad had always been a NASCAR fan, and, you know, I'd always saw him screaming at the TV anytime Dale Jr., like, wrecked or something. But um, I don't know. I was just never into it, and then I went to Talladega. I don't know what it was. I guess just experience or whatever, and uh, I became obsessed with it and uh, just started researching and wanted to be part of it, and I just – I. I one to have like a bigger role than just a fan and just started doing all this. And yeah, it was a pretty quick transition to think about it. Cause most people who have been doing this, like don't get to this level in like 10 years of work. And then, yeah, I've made all these connections and just like not, not even three years.
1: I was going to say him and I have been doing it about three years as well, too, as a parent. And it seems like you've done some pretty cool stuff too. So uh, you're obviously doing something right. But uh, I mean, going off of what you've done, you know, you, you talked a little bit about it before but yeah you, know, you have stick and ball sports you can go to a baseball game you can go to a football game hockey game we're big hockey guys um, you know what is it that draws you to motorsports in general as opposed to being a you know a super hockey fan or a super football fan or something like that
2: Yeah well I mean with all these other sports there's no level like fan experience than there is NASCAR you can really get up in there and talk to drivers real down to earth and you know, just be a part of it, and uh, I feel like no other sport kind of has the the fan experience like NASCAR has, you know, they and no matter where you go out, even outside the track, when the race isn't going on, there's so much stuff to do, and things to see at the racetrack, and, you know, other sports, I feel like just don't have what NASCAR has, and that's why and I, th- I find it more interesting to watch, and attend, and be a part of, and I've never really been super big into any other sports like a uh, football or anything? Football's really the only sport I watch, like occasionally, so I'm, I like the Tennessee Titans so, but they they're they're actually doing pretty good this year. I'm not gonna hop on the NFL train route right now, but um, <laughs> yeah, but probably just because of fan experience, it's just there's not any other sport that has one like that, so that's probably why going
0: going off of that and actually it's it's funny that you say that Talladega was your first race. I as an infant, I was like a month old. I went to the Oxford 250. Obviously I don't remember that, but there's a huge gap between being an infant and being eight years old. Well, when I was eight years old, my dad brought me to Talladega, which is right down the road from where we live in Maine. And uh, (laughs) we were sitting, he couldn't afford, you know, really great tickets or anything. So we're sitting like row one. We didn't know anything about NASCAR races. We just watched them on TV. So we sit down and we're there way early. I mean, like gates opened, we were there. And either a Talladega worker or a NASCAR official or something came up and gave us free pit passes and was like, you guys are here like too early. Just you guys you should go explore and like, you know, look around. So now there's like a ton of pictures of me like all over pit road. And, and it's kind of like going off what you said about uh, NASCAR being unlike anything else. You don't go to a hockey game and they tell you to come back to the locker room, you know. So it's uh, yeah. And yeah, NASCAR is definitely unique and, and it's even more accessible at the short track level.
2: Yeah, well, that's what I love about short track racing. You know, NASCAR, when I went to that and they still have a phenomenal fan experience and everything, but short track racing, really, you can't get any more closer to racing than you can at a short track race. And that's why everybody is just so nice at the track and, you know, enjoyable to talk to. And that's what I think separates NASCAR from short track racing. You know, in NASCAR, it's the same too, but you don't really have that level of, um, you know, getting to talk to people, make connections like you do in the short track community. And plus like, uh, you know, you get to see so much behind the scenes stuff in short track racing and and every, and everybody's just so nice and you can just talk to people more. And that's why I think, uh, that's why I love short track racing way more than NASCAR. I still love NASCAR, but I, once I started going to short track racing events, that's why I've focused my attention towards that instead of more NASCAR.
1: Well, I, I think that, that, uh, one of the coolest things too is that you're obviously you're very well spoken you, you know what you're talking about you you know what's going on right over your shoulder there i see it was a Kyle Weatherman or is that a is that a Bailey Curry what is that
2: yeah that's a that's a Kyle Weatherman diecast from Xfinity last year's back the blue i yeah i like my police so i had to get that car and then uh
1: not to yeah, be I rude to Kyle Weatherman away. but i don't know that there's a lot of Kyle Weatherman diecast hanging around so the fact <laughs> that you you're you're in it at that point. You you know what you're doing and you're invested in it that much. That's really cool to see at such a young age.
2: Yeah, well I appreciate it. I know I don't have too much of a setup right now. I'm at my grandparents' house. I don't have too many of those uh one twenty four scaled cars or anything, but I was I was like, you know, I, that was probably the best looking scheme. So I had to get that one.
1: Well, you know, shameless yeah. plug, just head on over to planbsales.com. Use a uh, promo code BFP123 and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you hooked up there with some free shipping.
2: <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to do that next time I order. I'm not that I order much. I, I mean, my bank accounts, probably <laughs> not like your guys I don't have a job or anything. So, uh, but next time I do, I'll have to, Enter that promo code. So thank you for that. I,
0: I, I promise you, growing up is a scam because we have jobs, but we also have uh, just as much money in our bank
1: account. Yeah, <laughs> you might even have more. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. We yeah. We've still gotta figure out a uh, Airbnb for Daytona, and they look like they're uh, awfully expensive. So uh, there there's no
1: money whatsoever right now to uh, to be thrown around on diecast, unfortunately. But yeah, um, if this yeah. is a life you're looking forward to, we very much have <laughs> plane tickets to Florida for the Daytona 500, and we have no idea where we're staying yet. So yeah, uh, that, that's kind of how we roll anyway, we, we showed up a day early to the Snowball Derby and had no idea where we were staying as we were landing in the plane. So um, just get used to things like that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had the same experience. Last year was my first derby. And when I went to that, we got there and uh, there was this one hotels, a Super 8. You know, they like um, raise their prices for race weekend like that. And so, uh, and you have to book it way ahead of time. Well, we hadn't booked it that much ahead of time. I, we booked it like, like three or four weeks ahead of time, which sounds like a lot, but it's not. And uh, some of these guys book it like a year in advance. And uh, so we got there and basically, uh, yeah, we realized we weren't staying there after a while. Um, that was, don't stay at the Super 8. Um, it's yeah. not a great place. Um, and so I guess that's life experience. Like, we probably could have told you that before you even booked it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it should be common sense, but you know, and it, it's like, it's one of those things where like, you know what I'll sacrifice anything to be at a racetrack, but when it's that bad, you don't, you've changed your mind. So, um, anyway, we went to the, uh, we, we sat in the parking lot for like three hours looking for a hotel. We had already gotten there at like 10 o'clock cause we had to wait because we were doing some stuff for Dirty Mo Media that week. We had to uh, wait for them to send all their stuff to our address and get all their shirts and hoodies and everything to wear at the racetrack. So we weren't able to leave till like 5, and it was like a six-hour drive. So then by the time we got there, it was already super late, and now we're sitting in the parking lot waiting for a place to stay. And by the time we finally find one, um, it was was a hotel in that room, had just been renovated like a couple days ago, and they just opened it up. And so we like the first people to stay there, and that's pretty much the only reason we found a place to stay that wasn't like two hours away from the track because they had the bridge closed. Um, it was because they had just renovated that room and just opened it up.
1: <laughs> that that's I like that. Uh, no, well we'll have to do a jersey swap or something too. I like those JRN shirts. We'll have to do. Yeah, a- I
2: know everybody's been asking us for uh, JRN shirts and. I know they're they're really nice. I like the logo on it too, but um, it's uh we just haven't got around to making like enough to. We've only made enough for our, ourselves to wear, but I think come um, like probably after speed fest by the World Series, we should have them. I mean, I've Tim Horvath and everything. I've been talking to him a bunch, and so we we're definitely getting some shirts and hats made. We just uh, haven't got around to it yet.
0: Yeah, Tim Tim's a great guy. Yeah, like we, we know
2: Tim. We know Tim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's uh, super nice guy. I don't think you could get much nicer than he is. No,
1: nah, he's, he's that type of person where I feel like if, if, if you guys are close, he'll do anything for you. And if you, if you screw him over, he's, he's going to make sure your life is miserable. And I like that type of person. <laughs> I respect that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to live life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, go, you know, going forward, I mean, you, you talked about, you know, going to these short track races compared to NASCAR races. You love them both. Obviously we do too. We've, we've done it all. And, um, you know, what are some of the differences that you see when you go to these events and what, what, you know, what, 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 you know, is it that draws you to a short track race or compare maybe even the Derby or something like that to a NASCAR race you've been to?
2: Well, first of all, with NASCAR versus short tracks, there's a lot more people at NASCAR and, you know, you got to have backstage passes and everything to get everywhere. I mean, obviously you still have more level of, um, experience than like an NFL game, but, um, you know, it's, it's uh, harder to talk to drivers and people and it's uh, all the drivers, even in NASCAR are pretty down to earth on like other, uh, um, athletes. And, uh, I think short track racing, it takes it another to the next step of down to earth and, and, uh, just talking to everybody. And I think short track, you can really get more involved in it. Like right now, if I wanted to, I could probably go and call someone and they'd probably let me, uh, work on their race car and like clean the windshield or something. At the racetrack every weekend and nascar i don't think i could do that right now and um you know it's just uh you you get to make more connections and talk to everybody more and and that and there's not uh you know you feel feel like i i'm more special and appreciated in that community uh because in nascar you know there's there's probably a lot of people uh uh trying to do the same thing i am and stuff and showing short tracks you know uh, we're kind of like celebrities we walk around we're like you know you don't see a lot of kids our age involved in short track racing anymore like there used to be which is a shame and that's what my goal is I want to bring more of youth into uh, uh, racing especially short track racing because you know it's, it's kind of dying off within the youth you know obviously short track racing I'm not saying it's dying or anything but uh, you know you don't see kids around it much anymore and you know who's gonna who's gonna take over when all the old people are dead. So, um, you know, like we, we need, yeah, yeah. Well, you're not, you're not that old. You're not, so. yeah,
0: you, you handle, you handle getting the the younger kids to the racetrack and we'll get the bigger
1: kids to the racetrack and we'll, yeah. we'll tag team this right now. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. That's a hell of an idea. But, um, th- so going off of that, you know, Brad, Bradley and I, we, we've, we've gotten to the point, not that we're famous by any means or anything like that, but we got to the point where like, we'll start going places and we will very much have a conversation with somebody like we are best friends. And then afterwards we look at each other. We're like, who the hell was that? And with neither of us have any idea. So No,
2: no, bro. That happens to me all the time, especially, <laughs> well, it doesn't happen to me as much as it does my brother. Cause he doesn't have social media or anything. And, you know, I, I scroll through Facebook and I see, you know, pictures of everybody at the racetrack and we'll be talking to like somebody uh, like Eddie Mercer, for instance, he won the snowball derby um, back in Oh five. And, you know, we were talking to him, and I didn't even know who he was. And uh, my brother didn't either. And, you know, we see him every weekend. And then I think Jake Finch pointed out to us that that was him. And different people I'll be talking to, my brother's like, who is that? And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. like if, uh, he,
1: if he won in 2005 and you're 14? Yeah, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yikes. All right, so we are
0: <laughs> we're officially old. Thank yeah, you we're, for that. We're oldish.
1: <laughs> yeah, damn. Yeah. Uh, no, so so with the, with those experiences, though, we've also had people come up to us where they're like, oh my, you know who we are? Like, have you ever had that? Like, who's one of the cooler people that have come up to you and you're like, you know who I am? Like, why why are we talking right now?
2: Well, uh, a couple examples. I was at a gas station and uh, it was like right outside Five Flags B-Ways for like the Blizzard race or whatever. I think that was the one in either July or October, one of the last ones. And uh, we were in there and Chris Davidson, the pro late champion from last year was in there. And I'm like, Oh, well, I haven't met him yet. Cause anybody at the racetrack that, you know, I just, that I haven't met yet. I just throw him a business card. I'm like, Hey, I'm probably going to interview tomorrow. And, uh, and we saw him. And so I gave him a business card and everything. And he's like, Oh yeah, we know who you are. Everybody knows who you are and stuff. And I was like, Oh really? And he's all the way from Texas and everything. And so, um, that was real nice. And then he, uh, then like ten seconds later, I've literally only known this guy for like three minutes, and he hands me like five hundred dollars in sponsorship, and and I'm like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> so then uh, you know, because that goes a long ways in hotel costs and everything. You know, for us, we we didn't even know we were gonna make Winchester till like four days before it happened because all these people helped us, uh, and with sponsorship and everything. And so that's probably one of the more notable ones, and because uh, you know, without all these people and sponsorship we probably wouldn't have made half the races we went to because uh it's you know it's not like I'm making any money and so I have to rely on my mom so uh and then another one we we went to the National Fairgrounds to be, I'm going to try and make this short because I overcomplicate everything and tend to repeat the same thing over and over again but um we were we were there and uh, we were talking to Steve Nassi and he's like oh because it was like I don't know probably like nine or ten in the morning no one was there yet, not even the haulers. They're still parking. We just we were doing loops around the track, eating goldfish, you know, normal stuff. And um, we were talking to Steven Nassi, and he's like, Oh, you guys uh, seen Dale yet? I'm like, Dale, who? And he's like, Oh, Junior's here. I'm like, How did I not know that? <laughs> and uh, me, I'm, I'm always trying to act professional and stuff. I don't, I tend to not ask people for autographs that much just because, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, dang, that, would, that autograph would look really cool above my bed. But um, I'm, I'm, like, trying to keep it professional. I'm like, no, we're best friends. Like, uh, uh, And uh, we – I was, like, instantly I, – because I had never met Dale Jr. before, and we had worked for Dirty Mo Media at the Snowball Derby the year before and because I had done that through Mike Davis and everything. And I was like, oh, dang, this is going to be exciting. And, you know, there wasn't even a lot of people there yet. And uh, they had a press release and stuff. And like, uh, or like media there and everything. And he went on stage and um, they had a line for like autographs and stuff. And so instantly Keel and I ran up to the front and um, we were the first people to talk to. And we walked up and he already knew who we were because we got to work for him last year. And it's like, I know I expected him to know who we were cause, just because, you know, we, we worked for the man. But, um, you know, just that feeling of when you go and shake his hand and he says your name and you're like, dang, he knows my name. So and I, I don't try and like you know, I always try to act professionally, hand me a hero card and they're like, here, you can get him to sign. I'm like, Oh no, thanks. I'm good. And I, and then I re- instantly regretted that when I walked away. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm, I hope, hopefully I could see him again or something. He's, he's, he's really down to earth and stuff like any other, uh, short track racer. And, uh, so he's, he's cool to talk to, but that was kind of like the first time because, uh, when I was finally starting to get my name out there and because you're, you got to p- feel pretty special when Dale Jr. knows who you are.
1: I was going to say, when you walk up and Dale Jr. knows your name before you say it, that's a pretty big accomplishment. That's cool. Um, I think the, the, the only time I've met Dale Jr. once in my life, and I think Bradley can say the same thing and it was at the same place, but yeah. he actually came to Maine, I guess, for his first time ever up here at a university just down the road about 10 minutes from here. And he had a like a – I don't know what you call it uh, – seminar oh, yeah seminar on concussions. on concussions and it was actually fascinating and him and him and his doctor were here with with his you know talking about like his book and stuff that he had just written and it was, it was fascinating and um i was fortunate enough to be there through through work and and at the time um you know he he set some time aside to, to be with us over there and i i got a one-on-one with him and very like you said very down to earth he's a lot smaller than i thought he would be too but yeah um you know very down to earth very very nice guy, very, very intelligent human being too. I, I actually had a similar encounter, not that he knew my name or knew who I was or anything,
0: but I walked up on stage and I had been wearing my uh, Pittsburgh Pirates hat, so it was black and gold because the, the, the doctor is from Pittsburgh. I was like, oh, and it's the hat that I had normally in rotation. So I put that on Well, I had a Noah Gregson shirt that actually matched and it was black and gold or black and yellow, whatever. And I walked up to Dale and the first thing, like, I was like, hey, nice to meet you. And he goes, I need to get a picture with you. And this, like, this is this is a pre-podcast, but there's no way that Dale's going to know who we are from a podcast. Yeah. So uh, I walked up and he asked me to get a picture, and I was like, "Can I get a picture with you?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." I just got to send one to Noah, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> and at the time, we didn't know who Noah was either. Now, not I mean, now, you know, come things come full circle. Now we're good friends with Noah, but uh, it was just a weird situation. He's that's that's how I mean, down to earth guy. He could have just easily signed my book and told me, you know, to leave and. He uh he took the time out to get a picture of me and him for him. Have you ever
1: brought that up to Noah? No. What? We probably should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it goes back through his text messages of Dale Jr. and just sees Brad on his phone before he <laughs> <Yeah>. had us.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's small, yeah. well, it's a small world. It's it's amazing how many
0: connections you can make in a short amount of time. And I I have you noticed like going to the racetrack, you said you've been doing this for three years. and you're obviously pretty recognizable and you're getting bigger and bigger, have you noticed that it's a lot easier to you know, walk up to people and talk to them or people recognizing you and talking to you first?
2: Yeah, well, I think one thing that helps is because we're kids and stuff. And so, you know, everybody wants to talk to us because it's like, oh, dang, I haven't seen one of them in a while. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, when I first started, obviously nobody knew who I was, like how anybody would start out. But, um, you know, basically at a NASCAR race, I mean, if I go to that, like uh, cause I always feel like super like um like special stuff at a short track cause like at Nashville for instance we got our passes from the media booth and everything and um all the drivers we walked in uh, to the infield and we just see all the drivers standing in line they're like oh what's up Judson, and they're waiting for passes cause the pit gate doesn't open till eleven and um <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> I'm like oh yeah and uh and dang I've lost my train of thought and um uh, yeah so. It, it's uh and, and then in nascar and stuff you go in there and and uh all the people around you because in short track racing they're all like oh dang that's so cool what you do and everything we watch your videos all the time and then i go to nascar racing you know none of these people know who i am just because there's so many uh nascar yeah, everybody knows uh all the nascar people and everything and uh then i'm like i'm like little do they know i'm like best friends with aj allmendinger and these all these people and so um uh, you know it's uh it's a, it's a different, it's, there's a big difference between when I go to NASCAR race and everything. I'm more of a, on the down low at a NASCAR race. I mean, I'm not saying I'm on the down low, like hiding myself because I'm famous. That's not the case at all. Like, I mean, like nobody knows who I am at NASCAR race. Um, you know, it'd be nice if I could hide myself from everyone uh, and feels that that's special. But I, I like talking to people. I wouldn't do that though. So I, yeah. I, I, if it ever got to that point, uh, you know, maybe if I'm at a restaurant and everybody just asking me for autographs when I'm trying to eat a burrito.
0: i I bet i bet a lot of people know who you are they just because there's just a lot of stuff going on at a nascar race you're you're definitely recognizable and you you're you're very popular on social media so i'm sure that a lot of a lot of people know who you are but it's it's uh you said that when you walked up to dale jr he tried to give you a signed hero card and you you said no thank
2: you well there's a guy sitting next to him that was passing out hero cards to everybody Uh, and i was like oh no it's okay we don't need one Wow. And uh, the guy kind of looked at us weird because is like an autograph line and everything because, you know, they had all the like professional media people all by the chairs and stuff ready to like ask him questions. And so he's probably like, well, why are they here? And uh, yeah. And then after that, what, what made me really like Dale, because I didn't know him personally or anything. And so, uh, I mean, I'd always liked him and, and, uh, and everything. My dad had always been a big Dale Jr. fan. All the all the reporters were standing in line. We, we had gone around backstage and we we're like, oh, this is our chance. We can get an interview with him. There's nobody around. Well, then they're like, oh, hey, Dale, we need you up on the stage. And so then there's like a, lo- a big line of uh, news stations and everything. And I'm like, dang it. I really thought we were going to be the first people to talk to him. And we wait in line for like 30 or 45 minutes. And finally, we get to him. And all his PR people are trying to get him to leave and everything. And he's like, hold up, wait. I haven't talked to these guys yet. And we we're in the back of the line. And we got a quick uh, little interview with him, which – was really cool, because then I can, when people ask me, like, uh, who have you interviewed? Like, I can say I've interviewed Dale Jr., because, you know, it's not like I talked to too many, you know, notable people like him, and uh he's just really nice and everything, and uh, like, used uh, used I don't know, he really had good responses and talked a while and everything. I mean, it was like a two or three minute interview, but, you know, with his responses, they're all really good and weren't just like quick little nippets and trying to rush himself or anything is it was, it was more of the he wasn't he wasn't ready to go it was more the pr people telling uh him to go so he's real cool
0: yeah that's one of the most notable people in nascar history so that's pretty cool and and in, the professionalism is something that I, you know, i'll never i won't tell you to stop being professional like that's that leave that to us but you know it's all right to be 14 sometimes too is that autograph. yeah
2: that's the thing that's the thing i <laughs> I always, every time anybody has a hero card at a short track event or anything, I always grab one. Like I have binders and uh, up on the wall, I have tons of, you know, autographed hero cards and everything. I, it's not like I, I mean, if you see my room, this is not my grandparents' houses because they got the nice computer. And uh, so um I, I'm here and I just have this little setup behind me. But like anytime I'm at a racetrack, I grab anything. Like my room is filled with uh, like door panels and quarter panels and, stuff off flip race cars i mean i have the i have the roof of hunter johnson's part of the roof on hunter johnson's uh, wrecked pro truck from five flags and stuff anytime my mom hates it because we already got the pack or the car like packed and loaded and everything and there's no room for anything and i'm like hey do you mind if we bring home this wrecked race car part and she's like no and, and then the, and i have so much more i don't even know where to put it it's all just like spread out around my room and I don't even have enough room to sleep in there with all of it. So I'm not sure. Cause everybody just throws it away at the racetrack. What else are you supposed to do? Like one day I'm going to be walking around. You guys are going to come over to uh, my future man cave or whatever in 30 years. And I'm going to, i am gonna be like pointing to that up on the wall. And I'm going to be like, Oh, see future um, NASCAR cup series driver, Corey Hunt, that's his late model before he ever started racing or someone like that, you know, whatever. So, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like, mom, one day these will be valuable. And I, I need these. It's a good wall decoration.
1: Well, I think, I think you got a pretty good head on your shoulders for how old you are. Cause when I was 14, I was I know, ripping beyblades or something across the basement floor. But, um, you know, I think it's really cool what you do. And where, where do people find your stuff? Like, how do, how do I go and see your daily junior interview? Where do we find your stuff?
2: Uh, you could check us out. Uh, Justin's Ration Network on YouTube. That's where I'm trying to promote myself most. Um, uh, yeah, you can just check us, just look us up on there. you know, know, and on Twitter, it's at Judson racing. My username is Judson O'Neill. Um, you can find me on there. And then on Facebook, we have Judson's racing network. Check us out on there. We started that not too long ago on Facebook. So I'm trying to get some followers on there to get it kick started. And, uh, yeah, we've, uh, the views don't show it, but, um, we've been, uh, making our, we're trying to get our name out there and everything. So uh, we just, uh, we just need one like blow up video or something online to get, start getting the money, like money and stuff from YouTube. So, uh, but I appreciate you guys um, uh, thinking of me and bringing me on here and uh, you know, thinking how cool it is being able to do this. Yeah. It's uh, the only bad part about being 14 at a racetrack is you don't find any other kids your age to socialize with. I know there's a lot of kids that are my age who are already racing and stuff, but you know, I'm just, uh, it's difficult trying to find a, a friend my age i have finally bob dillner's uh, son was uh like i think like 12 or something and he knew more than me about racing and short track stuff and i'm like dang finally somebody who who understands me and uh and but he lives in indiana so i see him like once a year so well, well lucky for you
1: lucky for you i'm 28 he's 24 and we're both going on 15 so yeah you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be more than happy to uh, link yeah. up with you and you know put you on hey, hey.
2: no no i love talking to uh you, you guys, and uh, you know people who know so much about short track racing and everything, and uh, you know it's just it's just hard because while you guys are over here drinking beer and everything, I've I've only got my root beer in this wine glass that I prepared. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, you know, technically it's beer, that's I guess. But <laughs> yeah, oh man, that was that's,
0: awesome.
1: That, yeah, that's ah. That, oh does that mean should we yeah should we
0: like have i a was beer? i was trying to be
1: nice <laughs> i had a coke like i'm, I'm ready to go I right? even, I'm, I'm getting parched i don't yeah. even we're not done yet dude, i'm not even no, I you're, a you're by far I'm youngest guest i believe <laughs> yeah give me a beer jesus yeah. <laughs> no I yeah by far our youngest guest i was just trying to be respectful i, I think you're cool as hell hey dude. no no
2: no no i'm not uh, trying to convince you to drink beer or anything i don't care <laughs> no, no, no,
1: fine. that's fine no we'll, we'll we'll take care of it you're good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well now that we have.
2: dang that took you you guys no time at all we usually do that at the beginning of the show we're stocked don't worry
1: um but yeah no it's uh it's one of those things that you know we've talked about it before where kind of like what you said earlier where you know at what point you know there was a point in time where we almost lost someone to replace us you know going to these races and going to these racetracks because for us in, in the new england area here there's very much a a core group of us, we call it our gaggle or whatever, but before us, you know, there was, there was a lot of big names in this area that that we all looked up to. And, you know, myself, when I was racing go-karts and, and, uh, you know, moving up through the ranks, you know, that, you know, I was the generation going to replace them. And, you know, when I got older and I'm starting to get into my late teens, early twenties, and, you know, go-karts had kind of stopped around here. And, you know, a lot of the younger kids weren't coming around and, you know, there's so much more to do even now than there was back in two thousand and one when I first started so the fact that you're doing this and you're promoting it as well as you are and, and you're as well spoken as you are and you, you want to do cool stuff like i I see no issue with you know you know seeing you at these racetracks and you know not doing the same exact things as we are but you know showing you around and and, and doing all the cool stuff together because that's the whole
2: point well I appreciate it, it Means a lot and uh you know being able, uh, to be brought on this, you know, definitely probably one of my biggest achievements so far. I, I see you guys everywhere and stuff online and you guys, the only difference is I'm like the, the bottommost point of America and you guys are the farthest up North. <laughs> so I'm definitely, I, I wanted to go to Oxford 250 this year, but I think that's a, that's a little ways away. I don't know if I'm ever going to make it there in the, anytime soon, but you guys got some, uh, some good stuff. You guys got some pretty good racing up there. I think it's a lot more, um, eventful down south uh though and racing because everybody just uh doesn't take care of their equipment and just kind of beat and bang everyone and everything you guys got a more of um you know i guess classy sort of racing if you want to call it that but i don't I don't go out north that much if any at all so uh I think the farthest I went this year is like Indiana, and that was like only sixteen hours I didn't go to New York, but that wasn't for any racing or anything um I just stopped at a couple of places like uh Fond of Speedway, it's pretty cool, but I'm not big into dirt or anything like that. So, um, for, well, you for, know, I for someone yeah. who
0: doesn't follow the the north, well, I guess you, you could still follow the Northeast Racing, but you don't get to the races up here a lot. You seem to know what you're talking about because that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that was all <laughs> that was all pretty spot on,
2: yeah. Well, you guys, all this information coming out of my mouth is more of like a copy and pasted text from some other person around the race track. That's where I gain all my knowledge from. I do, you guys got. Some uh, cool racing divisions up there. I forgot what it's called. It's like the um, you guys have those uh, cool looking um, cars. I don't know. Uh, that's not a very good description, but
1: we got super uh, modifieds. We got super lay models. I think it's Flappy.
2: the super modifieds or whatever. There's uh, the Flappy Birds. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Hang on. Yeah, something like that. I don't know if that's uh, what, I, what I'm talking about. But you guys uh, have some uh. Pretty cool stuff up there. I know down south is predominantly like um, you know, just the uh, late malls. I know you guys run like uh crate late malls up there or something like that. I'm not entirely sure what's up there because I don't venture that far north at all. Um, but you guys got some pretty good drivers down there. I mean Derek Griffith's been doing really good this year. I wish he'd come down south a little more. I mean, anytime he comes down south, he runs good. I know the snowball derby wasn't uh fantastic or anything for him, but you know, most other races usually are. I know he impressed me in the All American Four Hundred, being his first time at that track, and then uh, you know performed pretty well the Rattler. I think he finished top five, and then of course winning the World Series of Asphalt, pretty uh, pretty big accomplishment. So he's been doing pretty good and impressed me. I just uh, I'd like to get up there sometime just to you know see what it's all like. Maybe uh, maybe next year when I I can make it up to like Oxford or something. What's another race I should go to? Ooh. Good question.
1: We got, well, we've got the Oxford 250 around here. We've got the Thompson world series. We've got all sorts of stuff at Stafford. Um, it sounds like you kind of missed out on Beechridge, unfortunately around here, but we got all sorts of stuff. We can, we can show you around. We can take you. Um, we'll, we'll have to work on getting you above the, uh, the Mason Dixon line a little bit more often and uh, showing you around new England.
2: Yeah. I know the, besides racing up, up North, it seems a lot cool. Cause unlike most people my age, like I love history. A lot of people find it boring, but down south, you know, we don't have much history anymore. And up north, there's like everywhere you go, there's like a little sign like, oh, this is George Washington's like old house or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'll be looking at it. That's why I love going up there every time. I know we've, uh, my grandparents, uh, they have a friend who rents a house in uh, the Adirondacks. I know that's not like a history filled place or anything. I know that's out kind of in the mountains in the middle of nowhere, but like, uh, you know, on the way up, we always stop in, in Pennsylvania and in, uh, Lancaster and explore around there. And they got a lot of history. And so I enjoy going up there. So, uh, but you know, the, the best combination of things is racing and history, like, you know, racing history. So you guys will have to teach me some stuff about up North. Cause I, I definitely uh, don't know enough to go out and interview uh, one of those guys. That's why I stick to down South we got to get you
0: up to like a weekly show at Stafford or something. I mean, there, there's a lot of people like, you know, Freddie crafts, one of our good buddies now. And he, he uh, tells us that, you know, see he's, he's got a chance to be all around and, and it's pretty, Stafford's pretty up there in the best weekly series, like just show that they put on. It's just unbelievable that the facility that they have there. And I mean, even just from this region, just we've gotten, you know, we've been lucky enough to travel to about every single racetrack up here. And there's just, it, for me, there's nothing like Stafford. You can just go there on a weekly show, and, you know, some some tracks weekly shows are kind of bland, kind of boring. If, if you're going to a racetrack every single weekend, you're going three days a week, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the different racetracks. You know, sometimes it just gets boring, gets monotonous, but it, Stafford is just every single time, it just seems like there's something that's, you know, unique about that place, just how nice of a facility it is, how great it's run, and just the car counts are uh, kind of like, unlike any other
1: track up here, it seems. And,
2: and yeah. When, you know,
1: yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say one of the things too is that like within a, you know, an hour to two hours, even pushing three hours, there's racetracks all over the place here. You've got, you know, like I said, all the ones in Maine here, you got Oxford, you've got Wiscasset, you've got, I mean, if you want to travel enough, you've got Spud Speedway, you've got Speedway 95, New Hampshire, you've got Star Speedway, Hudson Speedway, uh, you've got Lee, Monadnock, Claremont, White Mountain. Then you go to, you know, uh, Massachusetts, you got Seekonk and then you go to Connecticut, you've got all these, you know, Stafford, Thompson, Vermont, you've got, you know, Thunder roads. So you know all just within a few hours of us. So we've got, we're, we're pretty spoiled where we are to have as much as we have. And, you know, even, even going even more North, you know, shoddy air in Canada, that's only about five hours from here. If, if you want to go on a nice little road trip. So there's quite a few things that we can do around here. And I'd, I'd love to have you up here and, and show you around.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, it's hard cause I try and plan and pick and choose the events I want to go to. Obviously we don't have every race set in stone past like February because it all just depends. We don't decide we're going to a race to like two days before, um, we practice starts usually. And so it's just, uh, you know, um, we, we, uh, it's hard cause we're, we're going to try and make all of a sudden super Series races this year, not all of them, but you know, most of them we've, uh, other than a couple. And it's hard cause, um, I try and follow that series, but then some of the events up there and everything. I know the Oxford 250 this year was the same uh, weekend as the Daytona cup and Xfinity race, which is right around the corner for me. So it's hard to kind of plan out some, some stuff that's like, uh, not at the same time as something else, especially cause you know, it's hard to go traveling in, uh, all, all around the country, like five weekends in a row and everything. That's why, uh, we usually just try and stick to a couple of big races a month and everything. And so, uh, I definitely want to get up there soon. You guys, another thing that's, uh I feel like up north that uh, we don't have down here is that you guys have a lot more like a touring series besides late malls. I know um, we have the Southern Super Series, which is going to be super great for next year. I think they put on a fantastic uh, show and uh, series. I know Tim Bryant, he's he's done a great job with everything down here. And uh, I think next year, especially with the uh, 10000 minimum, now they're going to have to pay every race and the schedule. And, you know, I think a lot more guys are going to run full time and take the series uh, more seriously. And I think up there besides late malls, you guys have, I mean, modifieds don't come, we don't have real modifieds down here. Uh, you know, as much as you guys up, up North, I'm glad they add uh, the modifieds down in new Smyrna, uh, the wheel and modified tour. I don't follow that series as much just cause they don't race around here, but you guys got so many other divisions that kind of have series and, you know, I, I kind of wish we had that down here, but you know, I, I feel um, grateful for the Southern super Series And so, cause I feel like it's probably one of is, is going to be one of the best late model uh, touring series in the country.
1: That, that, that can be considered your little, your gem, if you will, in, in your, in your region, but we are spoiled too. Like you said, we've got the pro all-star series, super late models. They also have a subdivision of, of modifieds, which are similar to the Florida modifieds. Um, we've got the American Canadian tour late models, uh, we've got MRS Modifieds, we've got you know, Stafford Weekly Shows, there's Tri-trap. Tri-Track, Grand there's stock yeah, Granite State yeah. Pro Stock Series, there's all sorts of stuff, not even to mention, you know, the NHS, TRA, uh, Street Stocks, and, you know, we, we got a lot of stuff here, and they, they go to some pretty cool tracks, too, pretty much everywhere we mention, and even to Loudon too, so uh, it's cool to see a lot of the cars that you'll see on your little, you know, third-mile bullring or, you know, you know, flat track around here going, going down Loudoun and, and doing some big things. So uh, it's a cool to see all the the mix and matching of cars and series and, and racetracks and stuff.
2: Yeah. But you guys definitely, uh, I know I saw you at the world series and I know you guys were at the Derby this year. Uh, what other, did you guys make any more races down here last year? Cause if not, you, you guys need to attend some of the Southern super series races for next year. I think, I think it's finally gonna, cause I think that series is really good. it it brings in a decent amount of cars. I know up there, you guys probably bring in a lot, but the competition level is really good. Um, and I feel like more drivers every year, we always have like a a pretty, uh, good points battle between like two or three guys, but nobody really takes the the series seriously. And, and, you know, they usually don't even run all the races, but then this year, I think they're going to, um, have more drivers commit to the series and run it full-time, especially now with the cars tour going to pro late models. Um, and, you know, it really only leaves the Southern super series for people to run if they want to run full-time in a touring series. So, but I think you guys, the up North and down here, I feel like are two completely different, um, you know, types of racing. I mean, you guys, for the most part, late models are kind of the same, but, um you know, just uh, with the tracks and, series and everything it's it's pretty different if you go from down here and then up to there
0: yeah i don't think that we i don't think we made it to anything other than speed weeks or, or five flags for the derby but i think that's probably partially because it's speed weeks we spend a lot of money yeah. um, and um yeah
1: we did do the easter bunny at hickory too well yeah yeah
0: that was yeah of the south we went that was obviously a pass race but yeah i'd, I'd be down I, I like i'm traveling has just kind of been something that very recently like i think as a kid i don't know maybe i'm going through a midlife crisis at 25 but um when i was a kid i always wanted to travel and like my family just never really did so i guess that now once i've hit like 23 24 25 it's just been travel 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 you know i've i'd never been on a plane until two years ago now i've been on a plane like eight times nine times and that doesn't seem to be as normal for people but um yeah i mean just i think that we could uh we could figure something out with uh you know look at our schedule and it's obviously Charlie won't look at the schedule until the day before we leave, but I'll, uh, I'll look at, you know, what, what openings that we have and uh, we'll, we'll try to plan something.
2: Yeah. And uh, to be honest, you guys have such a great racing and so many big events where you guys are at there, there is probably no reason to come down here and everything, but uh, uh, hopefully I'll make some races up there. It's just, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's weird. Cause like uh, yeah, people uh, assume that like uh we, we're, we're pretty wealthy cause we travel a lot and everything. And, uh, but we, uh, really, I don't spend my money on anything else except traveling. That's why when we get some sponsorship opportunities and from people, and we, we, uh, I just put it in the bank account, save all of it. I don't spend it on anything else. And, uh, we, we usually going into most race weekends we're broke, but go anyway. And, uh, so yeah, it's cause Welcome you know, <laughs> yeah. my mom, my, my mom's always like, uh, I thought you said last weekend's was the biggest race of the year. I'm like, no, this one is. We have to go.
1: No one one common uh, misconception that you'll learn that everybody has if you uh, have a podcast or a, a network of some sort is that everybody thinks you're rich. Everybody thinks that you're rolling in money. You just you don't have to pay for anything, and that could not be farther from the damn truth. And uh, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, I'll give Bradley a lot of credit. He does a lot of it um, in terms of planning and, and getting it and, and figuring out where the money's got to go and come from and all that stuff. So, uh, there's a lot to it. Uh, a lot of people don't realize it. And, uh, you know, that's, it's, if you ever have any questions, feel free. You got my, you got, you got my phone number now. I'll give Bradley yours too, so that we can, we can all, uh, you know, talk to each other if we need to, but, um, do you have any questions for him? No, I think that – I mean, going, I've been thinking, obviously, since the last time you
0: said, uh, what's an event that I should come up for? I don't know that you'd be able to make the Spring Sizzler because it's in April or whatever. That at Stafford is probably uh, the top – I mean, at least for us, top two event that I'm looking forward to this year. Um, and then I'm biased with the, the uh, Wheel and Modified Tour going to Lee. Uh, that's more just because they have a bar. So I guess that
1: doesn't apply to <laughs> you. I don't know
0: that they got – they don't got root beer and, and wine glasses. Oh, I th- I th- oh, man.
1: He can get in. He just can't drink.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you could. I mean, you could always yeah. obviously come up for that. But I think that the big events at Stafford or Thompson, uh, either in the spring or the fall, or the two events other than the Ox 250 that I would be like, yeah, that's you should, yeah, either that or like uh, I think maybe the Milk Bowl at Thunder Road. That's that's cool. It's a very unique uh, unique deal there, and they race all three days. And uh, the car counts at Thunder Road and Stafford are uh, something that we've talked about quite a bit. It's you don't really get car counts like that anywhere else. Um, so yeah, out of, out of all those events, I think that those would be the, uh, those would be the, the three that I would say, um, I guess, but what is, uh, what is something that you're looking forward to the most this, uh, you know, th- this coming year, like, is there a race that you didn't get to this year like this past year that you're going to end up you know circling to try to go to this, this coming year?
2: Well, I think, uh, for sure. One track that I haven't been to that people ask me to come to all the time is Montgomery and Alabama I hear I know that track opened pretty recently, if I'm not mistaken, um after being shut down for a while, but um you know people all the time are like oh when are you gonna come to Montgomery and especially i uh, I know it's not as like a well known track as some of the other ones, but it's you know so many people always you know ask me when I'm coming to that place or have I ever been and so I feel like it's a, probably produces pretty good racing, and they put on a good you know series with the pro models there and everything and uh it looks like a pretty neat facility. So I'm looking forward to hopefully making the Alabama 200. I really want to go to not sure if that's going to happen just because it's the weekend right before the Rattler. So we'd go Alabama and then go home for like three days and go straight back to Alabama. It's, it's kind of hard to do. And uh, so not sure if we're going to make that. And then, um, you know, I, I love going to Chris motorsports park, uh, you know, with the watermelon patch beside it, they, you know, they don't have walls around most of the racetrack and every time like this year, I remember it was like three t- times in a row within like 30 laps. The leader just spun out into the watermelon patch uh, c- going into the uh, third turn. And it was, it was crazy. Started I really like that track. Uh, the Win- Winchester 400 this year, it was, it was a great race. You know, I feel like uh, a lot of people don't come to that event just because they're afraid their equipment's going to get torn up, which it probably will. And it's hard to make it the whole race. But even, you know, usually when you see a race with, only you know 16 competitive cars you know yeah it's it may not be as good as uh some other events but you know when that that event only had like 22 cars in it this year and it was probably the best race i watched all year it was, it was you know kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time you know and so if you look at matt weaver's video on twitter it's one of the videos of i think the wreck between jack smith and uh sammy smith and you could just see me standing in front like like throwing my hands up and down like yelling and stuff so you know, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And so I think those I'd, I'd like to go to uh, again, I think uh, Montgomery, just because I've heard so much about it, I just want to go to. And then uh, PRI for sure. I know this isn't a race, but I'm no matter what next year, I'm going to make it to there because it just seems like from no matter what world, whether it be NASCAR, NHRA, IndyCar, short track racing, uh, dirt racing, you know, it's everybody's there at that event and I can make so many connections there and meet so many people and see so much stuff. I feel like that would really be a more useful event to go to, you know, than because uh, just making connection wise. But the only reason I didn't go to it this year, somebody had offered to, us to stay with them so we wouldn't have to pay for a hotel or anything. is, is because um, we had some events and stuff here at our church and school and everything that I, I missed a lot of school. And uh, so I just uh, coming off the Derby too, especially uh, being one of the most expensive weekends of the year. It's just, it's hard to be able to make that. So, but next year um, for sure, no matter what pops up, I'm going to PRI, especially after scrolling through Facebook and every post I see is PRI. I just want to throw my phone at the wall and be like, dang, I wish I was there. I don't, I don't get angry if I'm not at an event somewhere because I, I go to enough events and I feel very blessed too. But uh, you know, it's just uh, it seems so. It seems like a cool event to go to. Uh,
1: for I, I've been to P- I've been lucky enough to go to PRI twice, and it's it's quite the spectacle. Uh, in terms of bang for your buck, in terms of who you're gonna see and what you're gonna see, and in the amount of time you're there, it's very much worth your time. And um, I'd I'd love to take Bradley or go together with Bradley at some point because I I think that uh, how it's it's so understated how massive the the convention center is um and what you see and it's an event you know it, it quite literally just like going to a race it, it's an event in terms mm-hmm. of you know seeing new stuff seeing what's you know the latest and greatest technologies and you know what's what's going to be for sale in the upcoming year and um you know it's a great opportunity to kind of get ahead of the game for the year and it's it's really cool the, the stuff that you see and the, and the people that you meet and, you know going to the different seminars and stuff as well too and it's it's certainly worth your time that i can, that, that i can say
2: yeah it just seems just seems uh like an event to go to because you know i feel like it'd be more useful to go to that than another race weekend i'm sure and uh, it's it's hard to say no to a, a big race but you know just the fact that you can make so many connections and learn so many things and you know see so many people that's why but i know um you brought up a good point earlier about the world series how it drains most of your money at the beginning of the year because nine straight nights of racing isn't affordable to go to for most um so especially somewhere at the you know how, how far is that like 20 hours from you or something uh
1: if, if we were to
2: drive wait if you were driving yeah if we were
1: to drive it'd be all of probably 26 hours i would assume something like that or just a nice you know two-hour plan right that's usually way more yeah
2: yeah, usually I know most of the time uh, my mom's like, "Why don't we just get a plane?" I'm like, "No, no, I like driving." Because my brother and I just bring this little TV. It's like this big. It's like a just a couple feet uh, long, and uh, we we hook it up and we bring a little Roku attachment and just hook it up in the back seat and just watch movies and race clips all all the time. That's I'm what sure we did on the way to India. But
1: your parents are like, "What the hell is going on? We're going <laughs>
2: all the way." Yeah yeah exactly and so uh because sometimes when you're that far away it's more affordable to just take a plane but uh you know New Smyrna I'm lucky enough New Smyrna is only like 45 minutes for me I know it's not really like um you know the place to be year-round like Stafford is or somewhere like that but you know the World Series when you're there I for sure would not be making nine nights of racing if we uh if we did not live in uh, driving distance to just go home every night that's why it's it's convenient when it's uh it's uh one of the biggest races of the year and it's the most, uh, it's like the least costly event to go to for us, and it's just so fun. I got in the routine of going there because we went to eight nights last year, and uh I didn't go to Daytona at all. I just focused on New Smyrna, and we went to uh, uh, eight nights there, and I just got in the routine of like skipping or er, er, staying up till like one in the morning, and then going to school at like six in the morning the next day, and then getting picked up and immediately going to the racetrack, and you know, I was like living the life. Cause I, I I could go to a racetrack every day. And then when it was done, I, I was like, it's like, Oh no, what, what am I going to do now? Start so, getting
1: withdrawals. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, but it's, uh, it, people at school don't realize they're like, Oh, you have a YouTube channel. You're a YouTuber. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm trying to do at all. I, I'm not trying to pursue a career in YouTube or anything. I'm just trying to promote myself there. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not aiming for a YouTube career or anything. It's just a good way to get my name out there and, you know, post stuff in, uh, so I'm trying I wish I wish some kids at school were into racing that's why I'm thinking about bringing some of my friends to the World Series coming up uh, in February I think that'd be a good way to get them in and since I'm like I know all, all the people around the track and stuff hopefully I can give them a, a, a good time there and experience and so maybe they'll get hooked on racing just like me.
0: Well, it's, so it's good that the, uh, the tour mods are there on, on Saturday. Um, I know that they just, they just planned a super late model race, 15,000 to win right down the road. So. Yeah, I know.
2: I, I hate that. I, I was like super excited cause they brought the modified tour down. I've never seen one of their races and, uh, trying to, you know, expand my knowledge on that. And then the SRL East coast series, I, I was talking to the couple guys that run that series at the Derby. And I was like, man, you guys do a great job with your series. I'm super excited about this year. And then they, uh, they plan that race that night i was like any other night i know it's an off night for the supers so obviously it's a smart move if if you were them i mean maybe not fan attendance but you know if you're going to plan a night that'd probably be the night to to plan it for but it's just a shame that there's this uh maybe maybe i can make both maybe i can uh, just go there i can watch the modified race and drive a couple hours uh, west and just interview everybody about it but that's a uh, that's that's pretty challenging to do so I'm not sure which event I'm going to go to. Once I see the entry list for a citrus speedway and the SRL event, I'll decide which one I'm going to stay for.
0: Well, if you end up going to the, the mods, we uh, we know at least a couple people that we could uh, introduce you to. And uh, I'm sure that your friends that have never been to a racetrack before, but might've seen something on the TV in the, in the background or something, or, you know, it, maybe even been before, but they've never seen the, they've never seen modifieds like the tour mods. They'd uh, be something cool for them to see. So uh, hopefully we'll see you there. I'm sure I'd, I'd I'm pretty positive we will be at uh, at New Smyrna there watching watching the tour mods because we're big modified guys. Um, but yeah, you know, it, so we we have a Patreon and uh, our our buddy Will Sweat's gonna put you right on the spot here because he asked the question: uh, Who is your favorite super late model driver? And I
2: know that you got a lot to choose from because you're friends with uh, friends with seems like all of them. <laughs> oh man, well uh, I hate it when people ask me this question because um... – you know, I try not to be biased or anything. Obviously, I'm not like TV famous or like I'm not like a news anchor or something where I'm like have to be, you know, um, you know, follow rule set or anything. But uh, you know, I, I I try not to be biased, and I I'm not just gonna say this like uh out of I'm I just uh, don't have a favorite because like uh I, I just try and stay neutral and you know cheer for everybody you know, there's, there's so many, I could go a list on list on forever of how many, you know, super nice people. And I feel like it's just about everybody. It's hard. Even if I was trying not to be biased, um, I I still would have a hard time choosing a favorite because everybody's just so nice. You know, if I quit JRN right now and wanted to pick a favorite, it would be too challenging. You know, there's a, so I don't want to go through and list everyone because, uh, I don't want to forget anybody, and it may take a while, but just, just, uh, just uh, to get an answer out there, I'll say Charlie, because I guess you're a race car driver, so I'll just say you're my favorite tonight.
1: Oh, I, I appreciate that. I've only raced a Super Late Model two and a half times in my life, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. that was yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, was like gonna, that. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna
0: ask you who your favorite Super late Model driver was, just to get the ball rolling here, and then I would just bounce off whatever you said, and then see if we'd get an answer out of him. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, but. If you ask me, if you if you ask me who I dislike, I don't know if I could give you an answer for that either. It's a, it's hard. Uh, you're very it's hard to smart choose a favorite. I'll mean, yeah.
1: give us an answer to either of these. We we know the game we're playing. We're we're gonna call you out on it. But no, it's a, If I, I, I like it, I think you're very smart. In, in case you were
0: wondering, I was I was gonna throw the ball to Charlie, ask him who his favorite was, and if he said Derek Griffith, like I thought he was going to, then I was just gonna go with Stephen Nassie. I I was yeah. It, <laughs> which is going to be one of the two. I assumed he was going to go with Derek, so yeah. you know I already had a second one queued up there and <laughs> and uh you know if if somehow he threw two names out there, I was going to go with Jake the Jet Johnson, who you probably aren't too familiar with, but Oh he- yeah, Jake.
2: I I wish I could see him race more. He seems like a cool kid and man. He uh I met him last year at the Snowflake. I had never heard of him or anything and uh I know he won the last chance race and after the race I was like and I was like yeah and my boy Steven won in exciting fashion and then in my opinion that was uh, I think Nicholas called that um, the, the decision to disqualify him I got some respect for Nicholas um, but that was not a smart move in my opinion obviously I'm super happy for Jake you know I don't think he's ever gonna uh, you know experience something like that again uh, to go from like the most like least known guy there and to just automatically you're just winning the snowflake 100 and and he he, uh i think he drove back the that night or the next day he didn't even stay for the big race because he had to get back for like school or something but uh he that was that was crazy i'm the the call on one hand i'm like dang that's kind of cool they made that call because now you know this this guy won the race but then on the same time it's like that was not a smart call i mean I, I'm I'm not trying to be biased or anything, cause you know I love Bubba Pollard, you know, but he uh he spun himself. Nasty got to his back bumper, tapped him. Uh, Pollard got loose, and then he he spun himself out. So that's not, I mean, not that Bubba Pollard could, you know, it was like his fault, but it was his fault, but not in an intentional way. But you know that was it, it was a dumb call, and, that, and you know that, if was,
1: that was very much a move of if I'm not gonna win this race, then neither are you. That that yeah. I, that's, that's my opinion on that situation. Cause you know, well, like you said, Bubba Pollard is one of the best on the, the planet at doing what he does. And that, that, that didn't seem like it was quite a, quite worthy of spinning around like that. In, but in, yeah.
0: back then we were at the, the first derby that we went to, we didn't know who Steven nassie was. We were very, very much biased towards Jake Johnson. And even we were like, that was, that was not a, yeah. that was not a good call. Like, I yeah. like he didn't really do yeah. anything wrong. And now it's funny that, Steven Nassi is up in this picture right here, (laughs) uh, right above my shoulder. Um, But it's, you know, yeah, he's, he's uh, when you, when you talk about just going to the racetrack and meeting like down to earth, you know, nice, nice people that he's, uh, he's definitely one of them and we were able to meet him this year for the first time. So uh, maybe we'll be able to get to a Southern super series race.
2: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. He's, he's definitely one of the coolest people around It's It's hard because you know, most people you meet around the racetrack, they're either a Bubba fan or a Steven Nassi fan. It's hard. I talked to both of them. So what's uh, so you're a pretty big Stephen Nassie fan. Uh, you let us know that. So what what do you think about Bubba Pollard then? Are you are you one of those people who uh, are like know. a hardcore Stephen, or do you do you uh do you still like Bubba Pollard?
0: No, I still, I like them both. I, I've, I've never, I, I never disliked Bubba uh, for a while. We didn't really like Steven Nassie just based on like the media perception of him.
2: Uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody tries to make him look like a bad guy. I feel like five flags Speedway hates him. Yeah. And uh, especially I, I don't, hopefully the announcer doesn't watch this. I doubt he will. And I don't talk to him anyway, but if I don't know if you guys have paid attention to this, but every time at five flags Speedway, the announcer there says Nasi. I'm thinking about getting a, a shirt made that just says Nasi and giving it to him because <laughs> we talk about it all the time. And it's funny because he, he'll always say nasty if he's talking to Steven, like directly. But every, every time he's up there, he always says Nasi. I'm like, bro, you know, his name's nasty And every <laughs> during driver shows, it kills me because he's like Steven Nasi. I'm like, bro, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't even stand to listen to it. And, uh, and and every and Steven even told him you know to stop saying that and 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 the best part is, is his the announcer's son doesn't he, he's not a big Steven Nasty fan himself he doesn't like him so you know it's uh it, I, they just don't like each other so it's, uh, it just irritates hall. me yeah <laughs> yeah
0: well we didn't we we knew Steven after the Ox two fifty but we didn't know him like that well so our listeners standing there during qualifying and I'm like have I have I been saying it wrong this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I just I kept saying yeah. say it over and over again. I was like, damn, I, that might be my bad. I might be saying, saying nasty like everyone else, but "nossy," I guess, is you know what comes out of that guy's mouth. He's just got he's got to get a shirt that just has the "noss" logo, and then there's just two "e"s at the end. Yeah,
1: That's, yeah.
0: I've already thought about
1: merchandise for that, but I <laughs> I think that I'm very much a. A, a, a kind of like you, I guess. A very much a race fan, and and I I know what it takes to to be there, and I, I I have a lot of respect for the guys that are that are in the big shows, um, like the Snowball Derby or any of those places. So I I very rarely dislike someone. If I do, it's usually because it's something that I got into with them, and I I don't hold a <laughs> hold a grudge or anything. Uh, or I do hold a grudge when it comes to that, but um yeah there's there's a there's a there's a handful of people that you watch and you're just like what are, what are you doing and uh yeah it's, it's not as often as people would think because you know even when it comes down to feuds if you're talking nascar my two favorite drivers are kyle bush and brad keselowski and they hate each other uh when it comes to super late models two of my favorite drivers are bubba pollard and Stephen Nassie and they i don't think they're exchanging christmas cards either so um yeah it comes out of the respect of what they do and, and why we're all there to begin with so it's it's a uh, it's an interesting aspect to look at it from that way
2: yeah. And I, you know, it, it gives me a good perspective because I'm still, I still want to be like the, the hardcore 14 year old race fan that like your normal one and everything. But then on the other side, I'm like, everybody's like, dang, he's super professional. And then like, little do they know, like you should see us back at the hotel. I'm like, Keelan, we wake up in the morning and just sit in the lobby. Cause we just like to see who's down there. Like at Pensacola, we had like an hour conversation with red farmer and James Finch. And uh, we, we go down there. One time, Chris Davidson last year, he gave us his, uh, his trophy, uh, his third-place trophy from the Pro Mall race. He's like, I don't want third-place trophy. So uh, he gave it to us, and uh, we went down the lobby the next day and just put it in on the table and sat between it and just admired it. And every time somebody would walk by, would be like, this is our trophy. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, it's like half the time people are like, dang, they're so professional, but, like, behind the scenes, say, oh, man, we, we're the far from that. Kids at school – if you ask them, I'm like the last person they would think of being like the professional NASCAR reporter. So it's, it's a, uh,
1: that's, it's that's good. crazy. If, if there's one uh, thing that I can tell you, it, and again, we're, we're in our twenties, you know, going, I'm going on almost 30 here in a, in a couple of years, but um, for a couple of guys who are, you know, done what we've done and, and certainly maybe regressed a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, our actions and what we do and, and how we talk and, and what we do. Uh, one thing I do very much want to stress to you is that it it is okay to be 14. Uh, it, it very much is okay to be excited about things. It very much is okay to let your guard down. It's okay to get the autograph with the with the hero card because at some point you're going to be our age and look back and you're going to be like, damn, I wish I did that. So yeah, uh, if you ever have an opportunity, never ever uh, don't take it. Always take advantage of it. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. Like I, I love I love to see it because you know you have a drive that you don't typically see and in and children your age or kids i guess and uh you know it, just keep promoting the sport that's what it's all about that's why that's why i very much wanted to have you on and, and and you know talk to you with Bradley here and you know see what you're all about because like i said we've seen you in passing we've we've seen some of your stuff but uh it seems very much so that you have a passion for the sport and it's it's really cool to see and 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 i i very much enjoy the the younger generation that's going to replace us someday because that's that's what it's all about that's how you keep it going that's how you you know, keep everything alive. So, uh, one thing I do want to ask you, I ask this to every single person that we talk to. Most of the time, we're talking to a driver, though. So it's usually somebody with a steering wheel in their hand, or or somebody who's maybe wrenched on them. But you know, you're very much kind of doing what we're doing. Uh, you're you're part of the the quote unquote media, I guess. You you've got a camera and a microphone. So, you know, when it comes down to the bare bones of it, some people go to a racetrack because they like the speed. Some people like the atmosphere. Some people like the sights, the sounds, the smells. The, you know, some people just like the the other people there. Uh, What is it that keeps bringing Judson O'Neill back to the racetrack?
2: You know, that's a good question. I I wish I could say all those things, but just uh, just to shorten it, you know, I've, it's hard because most people around the racetrack they'll be being like car people talk, and I'm like don't know as much about cars as you know as somebody around the racetrack would i mean i'm only 14 and and their their whole job is based on building a race car so you know um it's it's hard but uh i i love learning you know about race cars and all the things that go into it and different aspects and of of racing and just being able to learn about it and everybody around the racetrack is just so nice you know obviously what got me into it was watching racing it's exciting you know every time I always make sure to watch Talladega. And I guarantee you, if you, if somebody hit it like a secret camera in the house, if I was there by myself, you'd hear a lot of like yelling and stuff, but um, you know, and that's why a lot of race fans do. And I think it's just cause the excitement you know, that comes along with it. Other sports, you know, I feel like it's a, uh, in my opinion, it's not as intense and exciting as racing is, you know, I know uh, a lot of people may uh, have different opinions about that. It's just personal preference, but for sure. I think it's just the excitement being able to, you know, learn all about how race cars work and everything around the track.
0: Well, if you're mentally 14 and, and you know, as much as you do about cars, I'm 12. So, um, you, you have a lot to learn obviously, but, uh, I also probably know significantly less than you do.
2: So, um, now I wouldn't guarantee you that though. Like because, uh, you know, I always make it sound like I know what's going on. I'll go over and be like, oh, hey, what broke on the car? And they'll be like, oh, the sway bar. And I'm like, what's a sway bar? And so, you know, and I just shake my head. I'm like, oh, dang, yeah. That's a, how'd that even happen? I don't know. So, you know, I, I always act like I know what's going on. And when I'm speaking to you guys, I'm like, oh, yeah, like uh, uh, this, this part. So, this, this but yeah, I don't, I I, the only thing I know about a car is like the, like, very basic stuff I today I know um, I I got this like I mentioned it earlier this little v8 engine mm-hmm. like thing that kind of that's like the first time I've been taught how about how a car works and now I'm like confident that I I can like name half the parts of an engine.
0: Uh, it's it's uh we had our local race track well <clears throat> our track still existed, our our announcer on and he said that the closest that he closer that he got to a garage, the more in trouble that he was because he didn't know as much about the cars themselves. But he's in my opinion, it, it biased the best announcer, uh at least up here. Um probably one of the best announcers that I've ever heard, ever. And uh, you know, he the presentation of what he's talking about is very perfect. I mean, he, he never, never overspeaks. He never pretends like he knows exactly what's going on. You know, he just presents it in a very clear and concise and easy to understand way. And it's works out, you know? So, uh, it's one thing that it's hard for us because usually when we're at the racetrack, um, we aren't thinking clearly sometimes. And so people like people explain things to me and I'm like, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the next time they like are talking about, I'm like, I've never heard about this in my entire life. And they're like, yeah, we, we've already talked about this before. So, and not not only that, but with the amount of races that we go to each year, I mean, I think I went to like, I spent probably 73 to 75 days at the racetrack. And, uh, I, uh, I think that we probably saw, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine different touring series. And there's just too much things to learn between the, the, the eight of them. So, uh, I'd like to just, you know, I'll, I'll watch what's going on on the racetrack and leave the technical stuff to the people that know what they're doing.
2: Yeah, and that's what I usually do. And I went to a race shop this uh, a few days ago. I think it was like a couple of days before Christmas. And that really opened up my eyes, especially because people, when you see the race car stripped down and everything, and they're explaining stuff to you. And I'm like, they're like, because uh, now this is really the moment where if you're at a race shop, what else are you going to look at and talk about other than the race car itself? And, uh, you know, they're explaining stuff to me and I'm just shaking my head and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it and literally I, I went there and uh, the guy, Nate, who invited us there, he was awesome. I learned some stuff. The shop was really cool. It was a uh, Ben Kennedy racing. He took me to one of the Arca cars that had been stripped down from like Dover or something. And he, he started talking and I did not understand one thing that came out of his mouth. He's I, I sat there for like 10 minutes. He was explaining everything. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And I did not know anything. I, and, uh, so I need, I need like a little book that teaches me like how race cars work or something like that. If they have one, I, I need to learn the only video I can find about YouTube really explaining something to me is like some video from Ray Dillon in like 1990 talking <laughs> about chassis setup or something like that. So, uh, I need, I need something a little more current.
0: Well, when you find that book, let me know, uh, send me the link and I will buy it as well. And maybe we'll read it together. We'll have like a little book club, but, uh, if there's one thing that I, I, uh, one last thing that I would like to say, you did say that you'd uh, like to watch Jake Johnson race a little bit more. Well, Jake's going to be running full time in the tri-track modified series, which, yeah. you know,
2: I just messaged him a couple of days ago about that. And I was, cause I was, I always like most guys, I meet him and then I leave him alone after that. I was like, man, that, he seems like a, a cool, a cool person. That's like, a uh, and, and fun to talk to i was like man i want to see him back that's so i just messaged i may, man i really want to make it up north especially because i know uh, a lot of guys like him don't come down south a bunch
1: jake johnson is very much an idiot but he is one of yeah. them yeah that's love that's him. what's
2: that's what's fun about him we love
1: <laughs> jake he's very good to talk to he'll he'll tell you anything it doesn't matter what it is and uh you know yeah. he's very much the person that i interviewed for or we both interviewed from uh, a porta potty at uh, Thompson, so yeah, uh, he doesn't care. He's he's very much one of us. He's he's very cool. We like a Jake Johnson.
0: He he's a damn good race car driver too. And the tri track series, I know, it was on Speed Fifty One quite a bit. That's probably I would say at least uh, top two best series touring series up here this way. Um, they bring you know forty five plus mods every once in a while to the racetrack and, uh, they send quite a bit home and, uh, Jake, Jake showed up to Seaconk this past year and, uh, at the end of the year and finished third beating a lot of like really big name guys. So, uh, yeah, I know that they'll be on speed 51. So if you're ever just sitting at home and you know, you have a a night that you're just doing homework or whatever, uh, yeah, flip that on and watch Jake. And and it, it does, I mean, I think I've heard rumors that he might be coming back down to Florida next year. So, um, we'll, uh, yeah, not only that, but I think maybe you'll be able to uh, maybe you'll be seeing Derek Griffith a little bit more as well. So, all right, those are those are two of our good pals. We'd like to we'd like to share.
2: <laughs> yeah, as as I, you- I, I I hate that I haven't been able to see Jake race that much this year, but uh, he's a uh, yeah. I knew the the first time I met him, we were standing in tech, and I usually I know everybody, and uh, I didn't know him yet, and I was like, dang, I wish I'd. Which I know him, he's fun to talk to. And we, we spent, before we even did the interview, we just spent like 45 minutes just talking. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I'm supposed to interview you. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's usually how it goes. Those are always the best conversations. Yeah. 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 Those, the, the one thing to keep in mind, too, even if the camera's not on or the microphone's not on, always remember that. Always remember that even though you had that conversation, it wasn't recorded, that's okay. It'll, sometimes yeah. that's it's evidence in our case. <laughs>
2: well, well uh, you know, my mom hates it because we, we travel all around and spend uh, a lot of money doing it. And half the time we don't get one interview done until after the race. And we spent three days at the track doing nothing except talking to people. And mom's like, why did we come today? I'm like, do you not see me talking to everybody and observing everything going around? This is like my dream life. And she's like, I'm standing here in the hot sun just watching you speak to people for no reason and talking about the same topic to every person. I just go from the next. And so it's like, but it's enjoyable. I'm like, so and it's fun to spend money on this. And in her eyes, it's not, but in mine it is. It's
0: networking. And it's, that's actually something that happens to us quite a bit as we get to the racetrack and you're just wandering around talking to all your pals. And then you're like, Oh, I'm, we're supposed to do, we're supposed to interview people. And uh, unfortunately for us uh, after the races is usually when the wine glass and the root beer comes out. So we, uh, we don't get as many interviews. Sometimes there's a lot of races that we go to, or we don't get any content really. Um, but I think that'll, that'll be changing coming up this year. And uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited for 2022. It, it, unfortunately we're in the lull of our season where we don't have anything going on until Atlantic city at the end of January for the indoor races and uh, nothing at an actual racetrack really, except for a couple of snow enduros and uh, until, till the world series. So, um, but i'm sure that we'll be seeing you down there.
2: Yeah, for sure. Maybe you guys need to stick so, to some root beer in a wine glass instead. You yeah. can get some more content. Yeah, so uh we'll, it's we'll pretty see. good.
1: It, no yeah. matter what, we'll still uh we'll still make sure that we're seen in the bathroom.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh you know one thing too, i mean half the time when i'm interviewing Bubba Pollard, he's like uh very intoxicated. So, you know, that's fine too. So, i uh, you know, you know you guys aren't the only ones. You guys could do a interview with him sometime after the race i remember after the snowflake last year by the time i got to interview him it was like only like an hour after the race and he was he was already out yeah. so
1: yeah. bubba bubba knows how to party uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that but yeah he yeah never mind I'll just yeah let's leave yeah. it at that yeah, yeah let's let's leave it all at that uh, yeah no man uh, it's been cool talking to you for sure um you know thank you for coming on you know this is uh this has been really good i appreciate you coming on and and being as a professional as you are and uh you know doing what you got to do and uh you know just keep keep doing the same thing man just keep grinding keep doing what you're doing and uh we'll we'll meet up at some point
2: well thank you so much and i really appreciate you guys let me come on here it's uh you guys don't realize like how much like for the past four hours i keep pacing around just like man i can't wait to talk racing like uh, uh it's not like a nervous thing or anything i'm just like so excited and uh you know it's it's i just uh i really appreciate you guys bringing me on i've been looking forward to this ever since you messaged me it uh, kind of reminds me as my of myself every time i think of somebody um you know with a with a podcast or something I'm like dang they, they must take the time and get these guys in advance and then you message me today and you're like hey can you come on i'm like dang i'm not the only one who does that you guys like <laughs> straight up i'm like Message me uh, just a few hours before. I know sometimes like uh, even some of my biggest interviews I'm like the day of I'm like hey man you got time in a couple hours for an interview and uh, so but I, I really appreciate you guys thinking of bringing me on. You guys always bring on like the really interesting people and stuff so I'm glad I could be one uh, of those interesting people in my eyes. Um, So it was a great time talking to you. I'm gonna have to bring you on my show sometime or next time we see you at the racetrack we'll have to do a video or something. Cause uh, it's, it's always fun talking racing. You guys were a lot more fun to talk to than I, I thought. I, I didn't know what to expect. So uh, I, I really appreciate uh, you guys bringing me on.
1: Just tell us when and where we'll, we'll be there. We'll show up. We'll make it happen. But uh yeah, and yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure this won't be the last time that you come on our show. Yeah.
0: Uh, hopefully not at least and uh, keep that passion going and hopefully you get some more uh, people your age to the racetrack and, and share that passion with them.
2: Yeah. Well, in the meantime, uh, I guess we can, uh, you guys can drink some, uh, Whatever you're drinking, Bud Light or whatever, and I can just enjoy some root beer, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll do that instead. Before I get some friends uh, my age at the racetrack, so that's fine with me. You guys probably know more than anybody else I'll invite to the racetrack, so I appreciate you guys again having me on. I had a blast talking to you guys. Uh, definitely, my my off season without racing, it's a uh, it's pretty depressing. As uh, so, I was just uh, just glad I could uh, do something revolving around racing once more.
1: Well, we're glad we got to break up your day a little bit. We're glad that we got to talk racing with you. And, uh, you know, hopefully at the end of this, more people know not only who Judson O'Neill is, but what you're all about, man. And I think we did a good job at that. So we'll talk to you later. And uh, this has been episode 147. 47. Yeah,
2: Kyle Weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And we'll see you at Speed Weeks, bud. Yep. Well, thank you guys so much again. Have a nice night.
1: Race car, race car. Here we go, race car.